The following podcast contains explicit language and movie spoilers. You've been warned. No, seriously, there, there's spoilers and, and foul language. Yeah. Welcome to $20 Ticket, where we tell you how much we would pay to watch National Treasure. My name is Kerwin, and joining me today is Jason. What up, Jason? Not much about you. I'm good, man. What are you drinking today? Uh, ice cold Coors Light. Cool. Uh, also joining us is Mugga. How you doing, Mugga? What's going on? What are you drinking today? Um, I've got a lot of stuff over here. I got an energy drink, some wine, water, and an ultra as well. And uh, TJ making his return. What up, TJ? Hey, Kerwin. How's it going? I'm great. What are you drinking today? I am drinking a lime and prickly pear cactus ultra. Ah, sounds uh, very delicious. Very, perfect. Very fruity. Yes. Perfect hey. for summertime. Hey. All right, Erica's here with us. What's going on, Erica? Hi, how are you? I'm great. What are you drinking today? I am drinking a Coors Light today. Surprise, surprise, the mountains are blue. Okay, that's good. All right, so today we're talking about National Treasure, released November 19th, 2004. It's produced by Walt Disney Pictures, Jerry Bruckheimer Films, Junction Entertainment, and Saturn Films, and it's distributed by Buena Vista Films. Uh, the movie stars Nicolas Cage, John Voight, Harvey Keitel, Diane Kruger, Sean Bean, Justin Bartha, and Christopher Plummer. It's directed by John Turtletaub, and it's written by Jim Koof, uh, Cormac and Marianne Wiberly, Oren Aviv, and Charles Seegers. So before we get into behind the scenes, Mugga, hit us with the financials. All right, so this movie was a success, as anyone knows, because they've made a second one, possible third, which we'll get into. Um, it costs around $100, $100 million to make. I was going to say $100 there for a second. But uh, yeah, $100 million to make. Um, opening weekend, it debuted at number one with $35 million. Um, overall, $348 million. Uh, that's 175 foreign and 173 domestic, which I thought was weird. Foreign did better than domestic. It's like an Just American. Barely, though, right? I, and I get, like, you're talking foreign of everywhere else other than the United States, but... Uh, but uh, what I thought was interesting is the movies that were in theaters while this was going on. Kerwin, when you said it came out November 19th, so you're kind of on the back end of all those scary movies at the time. So check, like out of Halloween and all that stuff. Other movies that were in the theater at the time, The Incredibles, Polar Express, Team America, The Bourne Supremacy, Napoleon Dynamite, The Notebook. But again, because this is in November, I think you're kind of getting the, uh, the, the horror movies or the scary ones. So Saw, The Grudge, and The Seed of Chucky were also in theaters. None of those were on its opening weekend, though. It just had to basically compete against SpongeBob. Oh. Which it did, yeah. SpongeBob was number two. Yeah, this was See, number what one. What a shocker! It was number one. Yeah. So it, it, I mean, yeah. So it, it did well. Um, I do have where it ranks as far as Nicolas Cage movies. If you guys want to get into that, yeah. Um, box office. This is the third highest in Nick Cage films. Hmm. The first was uh, Book of Secrets, which really? yeah, which number two is The Crudes. I don't. He's just a voice in that, right? So I've never seen it. So I would say that this is his second highest grossing film. I mean, I know it's a Disney film action. and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, if you want me to, how do you want me to do this? I can go from 11 down or go from four up. Uh, however, you, however you guys want me to do it. Five up. Five up. Okay, we just got time for five. We got Ghost Rider. <laughs> I actually liked Ghost Rider. I That's do not. Story. Uh, the Rock, and then you have National Treasure, and then Book of Secrets. Those are just top four films. But mm. but yeah, so so very 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 successful film. But uh, yeah, that was was going on in nineteen. So far, sorry, November nineteenth, two thousand four. I was like in nineteen ninety. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jay. Uh, why don't you tell us what the people thought of this movie? So on Rotten Tomatoes, the critics gave it a 45%. So 45% of people liked it uh, with a 5.29 out of 10. The audience gave it a 76%. So 76% of the audience liked it uh, with a 3.85 out of 5 with 923,000 votes. IMDb had it at 6.9 out of 10 with 285,000 votes. 
And then again, we get in some of the demos. So the lowest rating was in the males demographic under 18 at a 6.6. And the highest rating was females uh, 45 and over at a 7.2. So mm. females overall gave it a 7.0, which is a little bit higher than the average score. So this is a little bit different than we see in other movies. Typically, we see females under the age of 18 giving a lot of the most recent movies we've done the highest rating. They may not have the most amount of votes in the under 18, but they do give it the highest rating. So this is interesting that we see that the 45 plus um, had a decent amount of votes and they gave it the highest rating. So a little bit different. Um, What do you guys think about back at Rotten Tomatoes? So, you know, 45% of of critics liked it, audience 76% 76% of people liked it. Do you think that's pretty fair? Do you and think the average that? score was like, what, 5 out of 10 or something? So the critics gave it an average score of 5.29 out of 10. I, I think if you really critique this movie, you can see where it gets that kind of rating. But overall, I think this movie can cater to any type of person. I mean, in my opinion, whether you're a young kid or an old, I, I don't know. I mean, that's why I agree with those ratings. I don't. Yeah, and I think obviously critics grade things a little bit harder than the audience does in a lot of cases. I can see why the critics would give this such a low score, but it is entertaining. Of course, like a critic is not looking at the entertainment value. They're usually looking at like the quality of the script, the quality of the acting. uh, Whereas like audiences are really just interested on whether or not they're entertained throughout the duration of the film. Yeah. I think this is a pretty big gap though than what we've seen previously. It's just like a few percent, maybe 10 here and there, but this is, you know, 31% uh, more of the audience liked it than the critics. I mean, it's pretty big. So I don't know. I, I, I know there's some flaws with the movie, but I think I probably side more with the audience. It might be a little high. Maybe I fall right more in between, but we'll get into that kind of stuff later. Yeah, again, I think it's entertaining. And when you're watching it, you're entertained, yeah. you're invested, you're watching it. And again, it's not, it's not great, but you're still entertained. I got the two movies confused. When I went to go rewatch it, I thought I was watching the Mount Rushmore one. Book Spoiler, of Secrets. Book of Spoiler Secrets. alert. Yeah. <laughs> so I was thrown off, but all right. Anyways. So you know that we're reviewing the first one. No. You, you have seen that one. No. Okay. It's not Fifty Shades all over again. <laughs> all right. So getting into behind the scenes, National Treasure was conceived back in the 90s by Oren Aviv, who was a creative advertising agent at Disney at the time, and Charles Seegers, who was an exec at DreamWorks TV. Uh, according to Variety, Disney planned the movie as a large summer blockbuster with uh, multiple merchandise tie-ins, so like McDonald's, other things like that. Um, back in February 1999, director John Turtletaub was hired to direct National Treasure with the initial intent on releasing the movie in the summer of 2000. Uh, Turtletaub's other directing credits include Three Ninjas, Phenomenon, both National Treasure movies, Cool Runnings, and his most recent movie was The Meg. He was actually supposed to direct Enchanted uh, that came out in 2007, but he left that project to do this movie. I guess Enchanted wasn't greenlit yet at the time. It was still in early development. And then a fun fact about Turtletop, uh, he actually went to high school with Nick Cage. Um, according to an article on Mental Floss, they both attended Beverly Hills High School together in the 70s, and they took a drama class together. So they got, they got a little bit of history, I guess. Um, for whatever reason, this movie didn't come out in 2000, and it spent three years in development going through a bunch of writers until it eventually got to Marianne and Cormac Wiberly. Movies that they're credited to are uh, The Sixth Day, I Spy, uh, Charlie's Angels Full Throttle, and they wrote Bad Boys too. So oh, well, some pretty good credentials, me. pretty good credentials <laughs> yeah. right there. Yeah, yeah good resume, yeah. Uh, Jim Koof, Kauf Koof, sorry Jim, can't say your name. He also worked on uh, Rush Hour, both National Treasure movies, and he wrote Snow Dogs. Jerry Bruckheimer was brought in to produce sometime uh, in or before 2003 after having just done Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, According to IMDb, he brought in two additional writers to fix up the script. 
those writers are uh, Terry Rossio and Ted Elliott. Um, between them, they both worked on Aladdin. Uh, they worked on the first four Pirates of the Caribbean movies, The Lone Ranger, and they worked on the first three Shrek movies. So more credible writers. Yeah, yeah. Shrek, there you go. I love it. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Bruckheimer stated uh, that the initial drafts of the movie uh, were much sillier, and his goal, once he was brought in, was to add a lot more reality and history to it. Turtle Tob noted difficulties with the script as far as why the movie took so long to get done, um, saying for that a long time the movie was actually more about the map and the clues of the treasure hunt rather than the actual treasure. Uh, for a long time, there was no real treasure in the script because they were so fascinated with just clues. And at one point, they realized we should probably have treasure in this movie. Imagine if it was just like vases was the treasure. And there was no treasure in this movie. I would have been pissed. I, I, I was have to have to a different that. title. Yeah. yeah, I hope to God it. National. <laughs> national. Just national. National treasure. But I mean, if you like, if you look at a, an important scene of the movie, is stealing the Declaration of Independence. I mean, they're not. That's not the treasure. You know, it's almost like. I, I get I get where now this is coming from. They had all these things lined up together. One of them I don't like the silence do good letters, which we'll get into. But uh, oh yeah, but uh, but yeah, no, like I kind of see it now where you could just add the treasure at the very end of like yeah. So wait, is that was that a real thing? Because I that is a real thing, okay, but it doesn't make. To... We'll, we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah and okay. I think you kind of you kind of notice it too. Like the movie, like when you get to the treasure, like yeah, the treasure, you know, it's there, but you kind of. They spend so much time focusing on the Declaration of Independence. Like right. this whole movie is focused solely on that and they dedicate so much time to that declaration right. that you're kind of like any treasure at that point just kind of underwhelms you, I feel like. Right. But we'll, we'll get into that in Trash or Treasure, I guess. Trash or um, National Treasure. It's not making it in. I'm cutting it out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just cut, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah, so yeah, regarding Treasure, they wanted to um, avoid using something fake. Uh, because they're using so much actual history in the movie. So they wanted to have something of actual historical significance as the end goal in the movie. So you get like the artifacts from all these different continents right. and countries. Regarding comparing this movie to Indiana Jones, uh, the director said in a movie web article, quote, you guys are going to kill us if we copy anything. That being said, it's one of the greatest movies ever made. So you just sit there saying, I'll never make a movie that good and keep going. I kind of feel like he's setting the I read bar that, low. I, said, I, I read that exact same article and that line, yeah, but I, you think he's setting the bar low by saying that? Yeah, it's just like, my whole thing is just like, don't kill yourself that way. So like, you're never going to make a movie this good. Yeah. It's just like, just make your movie. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I don't know. It kind of seems like he's like putting it down already. The movie was actually supposed to be a Touchstone Pictures movie, um, but after it got its official rating a PG, Disney opted to make it a Walt Disney film. So I think um, had it gotten a PG-13, it would have fallen under one of the other banners. Like, what does Disney have? They have Buena Vista, Touchstone. Um, is Amblin's not Disney, is it? I don't think so. Amblin's like Warner Brothers, maybe? Uh, Universal. Universal? Okay, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, because it got PG rating uh, Disney, they decided to make it a Walt Disney movie. I almost think it would have done better under, like, the Touchstone banner, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Like, Walt Di I don't know. Like, Walt Disney just is, has, like, a very, like, kid feel to it well i mean bring i mean up the... it's family friendly but it's not kid that well, could yeah, play into your favor too like i guess being a disney film like maybe you're I guess willing so. to take your kids and do all that kind of, i don't yeah, know maybe right, it could be right. well and that was the thing too it's like it was super disney because i don't know if you guys noticed but when the guy was shooting at ben and riley like point blank like just missing Wait, everything the van chase okay the van chase scene and it's oh, yeah, like he missed which takes place in la by the way does it yes well yeah like every single time a gun was involved and he's literally standing point blank he misses every single time like how did you miss that <laughs> but again disney so they can't show someone getting shot 
That's true. Yeah. So if it was under a different banner, I think it would have been a, a little bit more violent, maybe. Yeah, they would have had like they definitely would have had a little more liberty to kind of do what they want. You know what I'm saying? Like I think that would have been. Cool. Well, I mean, they made the movie they wanted. Yeah. And it was just once it was rated, it was a PG rating that they decided or PG-13 rating. Yeah. They just missed their shot with that one. Oh. Oh. Jason. Good job. <laughs> oh, Jason. I was holding back there for a second, but I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna let this one go right now. Let I've it never go. I've been prouder of you in my whole life. <laughs> So getting into the cast, uh, Nick Cage uh, was announced as a lead for the movie back in May 2003. Uh, when Nick Cage was approached to be in the film, he was unsure. I thought he said it wasn't going to be believable, he thought, right? And that's why he didn't want to do it or was skeptical, I want to say. Yeah, like he didn't think... Um, like face-off like, wasn't believable? Moving on. <laughs> I believe it. No, but like he thought like the whole process of like them stealing the decoration yeah. it wasn't like plausible or whatever. Right. And so like he wanted to see... I don't know, to make it more believable, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. But I guess like he kind of got assured that things would work out by Bruckheimer, who was making sure that everything was like historically accurate and the way they'd steal stuff was like possible or whatever. And then um, I guess one other thing that Nick Cage felt comfortable with was the fact that he got to steal it in a tuxedo. So I guess that's what kind of won him over. Did know. you really read that? Is it? Yeah, it oh, says, okay. <laughs> yeah, it says like, quote, and I got to do it in a tuxedo. So that was interesting as well. I mean, I've never been on a heist, but like, one, you know, like, hope but, not. no, no, but like, okay, you know, we hear me out. We should go on one. We should he, go he's on not one. only wearing his tuxedo. Okay, cool. It fits the whole, but who carries their wallet with them too? Like, I don't understand. Like when he buys the, oh, deck, the like, who has your actual wallet? Like that's the last thing. Like I think, yeah. I don't know, whatever, but. I think it's weird too. Like he hesitated to take this, but I'm, I swear, man, I want to do this one time go on Netflix and count how many Nick Cage movies are on Netflix that I've never heard of. Oh, he yeah. does so uh, many movies. Well, he was the at a knowing, different point in his career, that's though. That's true. It's just interesting to think this, now. Yeah. Like, it's just like, I feel like he'll do anything. The Wicker Man? The, well, doesn't he have... No, Wicker Man is... Oh, yeah, you're right. That is Nick Cage. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. Wicker Man. No, but like, isn't he paying off like a ton of money or something like I, that? I was always told, and I could not confirm this. I didn't look too hard, but I thought he signed a deal with Disney, and that's why he had to do so many. That's why there was National Treasure. There was, I could be cult, totally wrong, but I, I was told back in the day that that's why he was doing this movie and then also like Ghost Rider and other ones because he had signed like a 10 movie, con- I don't know, something like that. Did you guys Is hear Ghost anything Rider about that? A- no, Ghost Rider's a Sony movie. So it's not? Okay, yeah, I, but- I, I heard that that's what he wanted. I, I, something about the contracts with Disney that Nate huh. Cage signed on, that's why there are these type of movies that he was doing. I, I know, know he owed a lot of money to Yeah, people. I heard that he owed like a shit oh, ton money? of money. Maybe that's yeah. what, it, maybe it was confused when it got to me. Didn't he like buy an island or something and that's how we end up having to pay off a lot of debt? Yeah, he bought like a private island or something like that and like he owes like a shitload of money. I I, I don't know, but... (laughs) He's still making movies. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. So, uh, uh, Diane Kruger was cast as Abigail uh, after doing a reading with Nick Cage. Uh, Jerry Bruckheimer said that uh, her reading was so strong that it intimidated Nick Cage. Uh, she was picked specifically because the other women that auditioned, like they played the role too cute and comedic. And uh, you would never believe that somebody like that would actually work in the National Archive. Diane Kruger says that she was actually starstruck by Nick Cage and was a huge fan. And she just didn't want to screw it up. Uh, she said that she'd only just started drama school a few years prior to auditioning. I also read that they became like good friends throughout the shooting and they went, did a bunch of karaoke nights together. Like they really bonded, I oh, guess. Yeah. But I thought that was kind of cool. Do you like the casting of her? Because she had just gotten done doing Troy, I think, right? And so she had just got done doing Troy. She was Helen of Troy. And then I think this was her second movie. I could be I don't know exactly. I but liked her. As, I, I think she's good. Yeah. As yeah. Dr. Chase. I like yeah. her in this yeah. movie. I didn't like Riley, but we'll get into that later. Really? I, I love Riley. Do you, think, do you think she needed the accent, though? 
She's German. Uh, that's, that is yeah, her that, it's not an accent. It's how no, she that's talks. How she talks. I, I'm just saying, like, well, people change their accents. <laughs> yeah, but it's I like, know it's acting. Yeah. No, I mean, like, and the villain already has an accent as well. Yeah. It's like, wait. oh yeah, Jamie Lannister. Ed Stark is Jamie Lannister. Yeah, I mean, we already. I don't know. I just thought it was interesting that they both had. You guys a don't British watch Game accent. of Thrones. <laughs> I, I understand. Which is also they devise this whole plan to keep the treasure out of the hands of the British, and that's exactly the what British they do. are always bringing everything for us. I like that. That's Not in James Bond movies, though. Not in James Bond movies. <laughs> So on being cast as Riley, uh, Justin Bartha said that he wanted to play the character as a representation of the audience, kind of being, being like the point of view character, I guess. Uh, somebody who's freed from their mundane job and finally gets the chance to go on an adventure. Bartha was one of the few actors who had never done an action film before. The only film he'd worked on before was Geely. So this was his second film ever. Yikes. Um, so he had to adjust to acting with like special effects crew and stunt crew and like onset technicians and stuff. In a 2019 appearance on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, he said that the scene at the end where he's in uh, the Ferrari, um, he's wearing a wig, and there's a reason for it. Why? Yeah, he says that he was chilling with his friends in New York, and it was summertime, and it was super hot out, and him and his friends, for whatever reason, decided to get haircuts. They decided to get haircuts because it was hot in New York, it was humid, whatever, and then after he gets his haircut, he realizes, oh, crap, you know, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Like, I have a bad feeling about this. Then he realizes that he has to do reshoots for National Treasure in about a week and a half. So he had to call up Jerry Bruckheimer and say, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I shaved my head, this and that, this and that. And then uh, Jerry Bruckheimer had to get him a wig for that end scene. I have to go watch this scene now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wonder no why idea. his hair looks terrible. Yeah. So he's wearing a wig in that, that final you scene. Didn't, you didn't like Riley? I didn't. No, we'll I almost found that. him. I like, liked him. Yeah, like yeah. annoying. Uh, I thought he was cool. Well, yeah, he's annoying, but yeah, <laughs> I'm that's annoying. His, that's, that's what he's for. Yeah. What do you got on John Voight? Yeah, so John Voight, um, he signed on without knowing what his part was going to be or what the script. I thought he was talking to Cage about Ghost Rider, and yeah. they just said, "Hey, do you want to do this?" And he had no idea what was. He said, "Sure, why yeah. not?" You know, he's just like, he's like, I'm yeah, along I'm for the ride." Yeah, that's what I got. Yeah, I guess like um, he says, kind of like at this point in his career, he kind of enjoys being like the like older actor that kind of like grounds the narrative, kind of like you have your um, Tommy Lee Jones in Captain America or your Anthony Hopkins in Thor. Like you kind of need that like older character to like ground. Right. The ridiculousness of it so he says like he kind of enjoys being called up to do these like roles where he just plays like an old guy i guess works i always just feel bad that sean bean always either has to be the, the asshole in the movie or dies like can he be the main character for once he, he's a good guy in, in uh troy <gasps> i've never seen troy you've never seen troy no i'll watch it just for you wow we can review that yeah i've never seen it so you haven't seen it either no i mean you guys i think you guys were in high school when it came out yeah. Because it was right before, oh, yeah, yeah. Was right before National oh, Treasure. Oh, yeah. I yeah. was a junior in high school when National right. Treasure came out. Uh, moving on to production. Uh, while most scenes in the movie were filmed on location, the Arctic scenes were actually filmed in Utah, and the Independence Hall scene was actually filmed somewhere else. So I was reading some stuff about that scene, and they actually filmed it at somewhere that's pretty local to us, and we've probably all been to. And that's at Knott's Berry Farm. Never been there. I've never been. I guess. What? Yeah. <laughs> we're reviewing a movie? Okay, come on. We're reviewing no, a movie. No, I'm just kidding. I've been there, but I think Mug is Fuck. 100% serious. You've never been to Knott's Berry Farm? I, we went, like, I think, because I think. That counts, Mug. We went. No, 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 so no. no. We been. went down there, and I think there's that area in the front, like the western area, that you can kind of visit. I mean, this was when I was a kid that I very rarely, but I have not been there since. I don't you remember riding roller coasters. You barely just went to Universal. You've never been to Knott's Berry Farm. So we're going to Knott's Berry Farm. I went to Disneyland and Magic Mountain all the time. You would love Knott's Berry Farm. Every year, 
yeah, you would to love Magic, Mountain. Magic Mountain. All Knott's Berry Farm is super like, historically driven. You would love it there. Okay. Can we get back to National oh, Treasure? Yeah, I feel like this is you had a depressed the roast of Mugger right now. I just can't believe, like, even on a class trip or anything, Nothing. you never went to... We went to Disneyland. What kind of bougie school Guys, you guys, guys. Redlands. This is Redlands. Redlands. This is a Redlands uh, kid we're talking yeah. to. I went to Disneyland, too. For, for CSF? But I also <laughs> also went to Knott's for field trips. So. I, didn't, I didn't go. Yeah, you get to, like, try the jam and see Mrs. Knott's. Snoopy. Snoopy. Yeah. Uh, anyway, anyways, let's move on. But for any for anybody that's listening, we live in Southern California and we're surrounded by theme parks. So yeah. Yeah. So you know, Knott's Berry Farm is pretty you know pretty popular out here in SoCal. Um, I guess they had it was tricky to secure permission to film on government property, which is why they chose. I guess this was built back in the '60s, and it's literally brick a for brick, yeah, replica yeah. of Independence Hall. So they used the production to film when uh, Nick Cage is running on the roof. So I mean, you got to imagine if they try to go to the real Independence Hall and say, "Hey, can we have an actor, you know, run along the roof of this building?" They're probably not going to let him. So that's where they were able it's to Nick shoot. Cage, the, yeah, yeah. It's Nick Cage. Maybe they would have <laughs> got time. the permission, but yeah. they're like, I mean, they're filming so many different places yeah. i figured like hey we got this right here kind of in their backyard it's like hey let's go you know film this here and so that scene where he's running across the roof is actually filmed here at Osbury farm which but they did have outside shots of it that are real correct that they did in in philadelphia yeah, i think for like the yeah. surroundings and stuff. yeah yeah the, the surroundings and stuff but yeah when he's running across the roof yeah. that's that's where it's okay, filmed cool. is there. So and all the, the in- interior shots i think are also the um, the one in not farm not farm yeah. so yeah. the liberty bell in the front of Independence Hall that is in Philadelphia that was filmed there no I thought that was I read somewhere that they used a styrofoam bell okay um, just for show when I read nothing inside the building was filmed in Philadelphia everything was on the replica at Knott's Berry Farm okay just, yeah. the only thing in Philadelphia was like the wide sweeping shots of the, like the location streets. itself yeah. Yeah. so that you don't see a roller coaster in the background <laughs> ghost rider yeah <laughs> Yeah, so um, the director, he wanted to make it a point to shoot on location as much as possible, emphasizing that he wanted to celebrate American history and really show off how great these landmarks and monuments looked. He also didn't want the movie to look fake, understandably so. Yeah. Like, you don't want to have these be sets when they're right there. Right. Um, regarding the scene where Nick Cage decides he's going to steal the Declaration of Independence, Turtle Top says that the scene could have easily been filmed in like a lunchroom or just on the street somewhere. But he wanted a, an impressive backdrop to represent the magnitude of the decision that Nick Cage's character was making. So, like when he's on the Lincoln Memorial, right? Like it's just like this big shot, and it's it's kind of like the driving point for the whole movie. You know, there's that. I thought he I thought he describes though when he's going to actually steal it. It's in the Rotunda Room. It is. It is right. Okay, yeah. yeah. Which is it. not the real Rotunda Room in DC. They built a replica of that. I would never have known that that's a replica because it looks identically to what you're seeing on, on the film. Okay, so I have a question. Yes. I don't know, should I say this for like our experience or whatever? But, so you've been there. I've yes. never been there. Yes, So is the Declaration of Independence really under that much security where it, like they pull it back, it goes down an elevator, like that whole Well, I didn't bring my camcorder with a green laser to like test it out, no, you know? No, I know, but like. No, it's, it's on display in a case identical to that. Okay. Right next to the Constitution and the Bill of Rights and all that. I think those are the main, the three main ones. And there's a yeah. bunch of other ones that you're, now it, it doesn't seem crowded like it is on the movie. Okay. When you're there, it is out of control. Yeah. Like it is, yes, imagine. you can't even like, it's, there's no way like this is at all possible to steal that thing. But if it was on display. I don't know what they do when something happens. I don't know when, how like, they conserve. I don't know, you know, yeah. but yeah, it's, it's very heavily. There's like a handful of security that are letting you in just to this room. And just to get to that room, you're going through checkpoints and all that stuff. And really? then right there, there's people on both sides of it. I, I don't even think you can take photos anymore in there. Can you, they said like the flash, like I think, um, 
ruins over time can like I, I guess yeah, damages damage like the in museums and stuff. Yeah. Everything so that's why so you like, can you can kind of like you get to like walk by it and check huh. it out real quick and then you got to keep walking like it's not something where you can analyze it look what's, no like they're just like go get out of here go you know so yeah I just always wondered like if that was like a real thing because the way they explained it in the movie when they have the declaration on display and then they take it back down to this safe like is that like really I I don't know anything about that did anyone do any research I couldn't on find that? anything on it yeah, yeah. I, it seems well, possible I, to me to me like why would they want to publish that Information. I mean, Nicholas Cage and Riley could easily get it in the Library yeah. of Congress. That's what but. I'm saying. They they, they, were, they had yeah. access to a bunch of information. Yeah. I'm like, why would you even publish any of this? Well, but. they're in the Library of Congress, yeah. which like you and I cannot go in the Library of Congress. You, there's like I've been to that too, where you're talking about right after the uh, um, the the Lincoln Memorial scene. Then he takes them to the Library of Congress. Maybe there's stuff there. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how they have. But credentials. we can't get in there. There's one area. If you're at the Capitol building, you can take a tunnel and then you can go up and you can very through a, a glass that's like just barely going into that area you can see the library of congress and where that i don't know if that scene was actually in the library of congress but okay. like that's heavily guarded too i mean like like not you and i can go in there you have to have credentials yeah. of everything to get in there so huh. but it, but it's impressive all these like there the, all these locations are I mean, if you ever go to DC, I always highly recommend, highly so recommend uh, watching this first. You know, yeah, it's crazy too, because like um, they said, like tourism to DC like spiked, spiked yeah. like after right after this movie yeah. came out. Well, I heard it was not even this too. Is also um, Book of Secrets. Yeah, that increased it even more too, because I think there was more of a like each of the monuments or locations that are talked about in these films spiked in attendance after these movies came out. Yeah, so uh, the other thing, too, is like uh, about the Lincoln Memorial, uh, all that water in the pool, in the reflecting pool, had to be added digitally because I guess when they were shooting, it was under maintenance that day, so they had to drain it. Wow. Yeah, so that was empty. But they actually shot that on the stairs of the Lincoln Memorial, from yes. what I read. Yeah, that's, yes. that's, Which that's is surprising cool. to me because when I was watching the film, it looked like a green screen to it me. It does. Yeah. yeah. I'm telling you, when we go, because we we're leaving for there in about like three weeks, I don't know how they could film. There's so many people around any time of the day at that, that look I, that it's that impressive pool. I'll show you guys yeah what the Disney pool they got that pool. Disney pool yeah. yeah they said um, you know how kind of we talked about The Rock how they had to shoot around tourists right they had to do the same thing for this movie where they had to essentially shoot around tourists because the last thing they could do was kind of bar people from these areas of like public access okay so they had to like shoot I think like sections at a time or wait until it was like dead time to shoot yeah. stuff for the movie I just don't ever think that the Lincoln Memorial will have any dead time. Yeah, uh, no, actually at night it's like just as busy because they illuminate all the memorials and it's just insanely oh, yeah. packed. I remember watching like Wedding Crashers too. Yeah. And you see them sitting up there and it's just like there's no one around. And the, it's like, the only time, like have you on Captain America Winter Soldier, right, where he's they're running, right? Yeah. I think that that might be legit because it's in the morning. I don't, maybe there's not a lot of people up in the morning because that was yeah. like sunrise. That's the only time I could think where there's not a lot of people around because... I don't know. Whenever I was there, it was just insanely packed, like yeah. out of control. But they said also on Forrest Gump too that pool was drained. I don't know how true that is. And they had to digitally put it in the water. Might have, yeah. yeah. I didn't know so that. I, I mean, we kn I know we see Jenny run through the water, but <laughs> I would imagine part of the shooting maybe happened over a couple of days. But at one point, that pool was drained. So I'm guessing this is regular, but Hollywood found a way to overcome it. Why so. do they keep just draining that pool? Like, what's wrong with it? Homeless people swimming in it or what? I yeah, I don't. Know. I you're, that... you're like not supposed to go in it for one. Oh, night. okay. Yeah. I didn't see anyone. I mean, I know Jenny does, but. That's about it. That rebel. Yeah. I mean, she had AIDS, so there's that. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's uh, move on. 
I, I but I so the one I mean I'll get into one of my treasures about this, but I love how they're on location to show the monuments. There's a part where they actually have the Jefferson Memorial in the background where they're describing what are they going to do because they have to go examine the Declaration mm-hmm. now and all that. But I heard that they did bring a lot of stuff back to L.A. I think Disney sets and all that. But the chase scene that you guys see with the vans and all that that happened in L.A. But Ben Gates' house is not in uh, D.C. area wherever that's at or, or Pennsylvania. I think it was. I don't know where his house actually is located. Yeah. It is. It's actually a house in Pasadena. Really? Yeah. I so, believe it though. Yeah. I believe it. Yeah. But they did do a lot of stuff in New York too on like Wall Street and uh, Trinity Church and all that stuff. I yeah, think but the years of the church were uh, actually a church here in LA. Yeah, it's called the First Congregational Church, and that's in LA. So the interior of Trinity Church was at, in LA at that church. Hmm. Yeah. Kurt, I wanted to bring this up. There's a scene in the movie where. Um, Riley and uh, what's her name in the movie? I can't think of it right now. Abigail? Yeah, Abigail. They're running away from the villains and all that stuff. And she hops over a stand and she goes, honey, can I help you? And she's trying to hide. I think that they filmed that at that place in LA when we went to the... Oh, uh, oh the Grand Central, Central Market? Market? Yes. I read, yeah. I read that that was the market in Philadelphia. I read it was in LA. I read that it was on location in Philadelphia. I also read that when they're running away, because they split up, um, each of them runs like a mile and a half. It's like completely like, like, yeah. And then they have to walk back to the car. So round trip, they're looking at like two or three miles. Well, they got those steps in, so. (laughs) And then the Urban Outfitters, I think, is in Pasadena, too. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that wasn't in whatever they're at. Which is also weird, that dressing room. Like, that would never fly to have like a guy. Oh, I was watching that. I was like, okay, this is... Totally yeah, that, for that's, a that's a trash of mine, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's so ridiculous. Okay, I just want to talk a little bit about the Freemasons. So, at the very beginning of the movie, if you guys watch it, they actually talk a lot about where these Freemasons come from. Before this movie, I wasn't really familiar with them. I don't know about you guys. Mm-hmm. All I know is that there's a Scottish Rite Church of Freemasons down mm-hmm. the street from oh, us. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I've always... It's a building that has no windows, huh? It's really weird. There's no windows, yeah. but I've seen, like, I random... I party there once. I went. I voted there are a, before. Are you a Freemason? Now? No, but it was like are you a, a, a fellow Mason. There, but they have, they have like car shows there. They have all kinds of stuff. So they're really about community more mm-hmm. than they are about anything else. I mean, when it first started, it was a secret society. It was a fraternity, so pretty much only male, pretty much only white people. But the way this got started was, they talk about it in the movie, and it's back like kind of in biblical times, I think it's like 987 BC when they're building King Solomon's temple. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the guys in charge dies and they hide all of this supposedly treasure underneath this temple. Right. And the information about it is kind of sporadic because then it jumps all the way to like 1117 AD. So kind of fast forward, they're like in the 1700s and these Masons built a lot of these churches and stone buildings that are still probably standing today in Europe. And they created like these lodges, these guilds of men that kind of congregated and created these groups of people. And a lot of people did not really like them, but they were kind of like these secret societies that were typically male, and they had different ways of entering these guilds of people, and there's different levels of masons. It's pretty interesting. I know most of us have been in a fraternity or sorority at, at this table, and like the big thing about masons is they have a lot of secrets, and they don't want any of these getting out. And you kind of start out as an apprentice mason, but at each level, the punishment for releasing secrets is more severe from what I'm reading. Mm-hmm. So if you're an apprentice mason and you reveal a secret, they cut your tongue out. What? If you're a, what they call the next level, it's, I think it's a free craft mason, um, they tear your heart out. 
if you're a master mason, and Nick Cage actually alludes to this part, they remove your bowels and they're burned. And then if you're a royal arc, Nick Cage talks about this, they they actually slice the top of your skull off if you reveal any of these This is secrets. no longer a PG movie. Well, no, and I, um, I was trying to research the Freemasons, and um, there was an article that I came across back in 1842, or maybe 1742, I shouldn't got the date right, but um, back in the day, someone actually infiltrated the Freemasons and was trying to release a book about the secrets of the Freemasons, and he was thrown in jail, and the Masons kidnapped him in the middle of the night and was never seen again. Yeah, so there's two theories about that. One is that he was taken up and released into Canada. Uh huh. The other one is that people kidnapped him and drowned him in some river at the border of the U.S. and Canada. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there was that guy too. And then just a couple of little things like nowadays the Freemasons are like kind of, you know, there's conspiracy theories that they're connected to all these different things. Like one is the Illuminati, uh, that they're in charge of government. Some say that they were um, responsible for carrying out the assassination of JFK. They say that the layout of D.C., depending on how you look at it, it was constructed to be a pentagram and that they're responsible for that. So they really catch a lot of heat for this. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of the founding fathers of the country, like Mugga was saying, were, yeah. were actually part. Nine confirmed, yeah. George I Washington. I got George Washington, Ben Franklin, and John Hancock were all among confirmed Masons. I yeah. wish we could have a Freemason here and interview him. Yeah, honestly. He'd like, lose his tongue after this <laughs> I know, right? Not to ask him his secrets, but just be like, hey, bro, what do you guys do? I mean, <laughs> they talk about... Don't act like you guys don't know. You're all in our fraternity. But but they, <laughs> they really didn't like allow women into it. They didn't allow different things. And like I guess now it's kind of expanded and there's like different factions where now they allow women into it. Um, there's there's two kinds. There's a Scottish rite and a York rite, which I, I'm not, I couldn't really find out what the differences hmm. are. I think it goes back to when they're Masons and the different types of Masons. But uh, it sounds like they're more accommodating. It looks like they don't lo- allow a lot of politics or religion. But when it read that, I didn't really understand because they do require you to believe in a supreme being. You have to believe that there's someone above us, like a God type figure. Yet they don't require. But yeah. they don't. But I guess they don't really preach about that a mm-hmm. whole lot. And the, I wonder if they even care about which. Well, they, they don't. I think. Yeah. I think belief and religion are just two separate things. I think. I think belief is like whether or not you do think there's a God, and I think religion is like what do you essentially subscribe to. We're gonna take it back to like sororities and fraternities, but my sorority. We have a belief in all the ideals of Christian womanhood, even though not all of us are Christian. So it's like, are fraternities the same way? Like for you guys, was it the same? Like you guys all believe in a cer- or like a certain higher beings? So maybe that's the whole I don't free. Know that they talked about. I, that I think there's what, a lot of there's a lot of Christianity in in our weaved stuff. In, yeah, weaved yeah, into. But it. we didn't really we didn't really. You didn't require it though. So maybe that's kind of right. like the I th- Freemason. I think what this is going more towards is having a sense of morality. Got you. So like with this vetting process through these different stages of masonry, like they are Freemasons, like that's how they kind of vet these people. So they yeah. require that. And the last thing I'll kind of talk, cause like I said, if you watch the movie and you watch the first, what is it? 10 or 15 minutes when they go into it, they really cover they really go a into shit it. ton about the Masons. And it's a lot of what I read. So just but watch it. it. But the weird thing I read was that their symbol um, that you see, it has like a big G in it. Mm-hmm. And that G I guess means God. Like it, and that's kind of what they're, revolving around I think more than it is God it is more morality okay and just being a moral person even though 
all this other stuff weaved into it. I guess a lot of it's been dispelled. There's been anti-Freemason movements around the Civil War, mm -hmm. or actually before the Civil War. When the Civil War happened, people got distracted, and then Freemasons, that's when they kind of had their uprise again. And you see the uptick of these different buildings being built and people becoming members of it. But yeah, just, I just want to talk about that a little bit because I feel like this movie, like all throughout, they talk about the Knights of Templar and so, they talk the, about the this Knights treasure. of Templar are completely different than the Freemasons, correct? No. The way they're, that the, they're not. The way that I the thought movie that they were. The it is that like basically they were the Knights of Templar and then they became the, Masons. the Freemasons and yeah. they just kind of evolved and called themselves something new. Yeah, I yeah. feel like they kind of took on that Freemason heritage from, like, again, the King Solomon time. Okay. And then they, TJ, I think you kind of talked about the Knights of Templar. We were talking about it earlier. With the treasure, they got kidnapped, and then somehow they they escaped from prison. But then, because they were trying to find this treasure, the people that right. arrested them, and then they couldn't find it. And then these Freemasons kind of came right after that. And, like, that's how this movement kind of got restarted, revamped again, okay. was after this Knights of Templar, I think is how you say it. We should join. We should join. We have one down the street. No, or you, my, you guys should join. I'm good. <laughs> you don't join. You become a member, okay? So going back to the, the treasure, is there really like a Ninth Templar treasure? Or are they just... Because what I got is like... there. Well, the there's, thing, there's, there's Yeah. What? You want us to say yes, there is? No, I, I'm just wondering, did you guys... No, like, did you guys read about one it? One clue leads to another clue. I know, I know, I know there's not like an clue. official <laughs> treasure, but it's like... I know they had like ships of like great wealth, you know, that I think that there was like 18 that I got that are unaccounted for. They don't know what happened to them, but there's a rumor that before Columbus, they went across the Atlantic to Nova Scotia to bury stuff. Really? That's what, I mean, stuff that I was reading, like that, that there was stuff like that that happened. I, I don't know. That's that's all I kind of have on the Knights Templar. I got stuff on the Freemasons, though. At the beginning, the whole movie starts off with the last official Mason signer of the Declaration. Was his name Charles Carroll? Is that who yeah. it was? He was actually not a Mason. Did you guys read about that? Yeah, so the whole I movie, yeah, it was like he was actually not a Mason. Um, and they based this whole thing on like a, he was, he had the last secret that gave to, to, the, to, the, yeah. uh, to the youngest gates at the time. You he know, was and the last remaining signer. But it says he wasn't he was a Mason. A Mason yeah. Um, and then it does say that like when they get the, the Meerschaum pipe, is that how you say it? I think it says so, yeah. 55 yeah. iron pen. I, actually, I think I've been reading all day today that 56 people actually yeah. signed the declaration. So they got that wrong. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know so if it didn't was, fit the um, poem or. Fit, no. Well, but but there was one person. There was one, one person signed yeah. it after the initial signing. Yeah. Yeah. I think he signed it like by 1781, but yeah, he was the 56th official signer. Yeah. So maybe yeah. the riddle was written. Before, Before that happened, that. could be, yeah. yeah, could be. Um, there's also, also the ink, the iron gold ink is the ink that they use. Yes. That's historically accurate. Yeah, there's that. Um, obviously, there's no map on the back. People say that I've seen them, but it's not on well, display. Do we know? So you, yeah, For you don't know. You don't know. What if we took some lime and or lemon and some heat to it, and there's a map? <laughs> I'm you drinking a, a lime ultra. Do you think I could use that? Oh yeah, and just blow on it. Get some, put some lime ultra and then some fireball on it. Heat, <laughs> lime. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, that's Anyways. all I, got. I don't know where to go. <laughs> Anyone got anything else? So yeah, you know, since we're kind of heading into that territory, let's just get into historical accuracies or inaccuracies and like, right. other stuff we kind of know. Um, you know, starting off with the characters, the whole Gates family, uh, they're actually named after the founding fathers. So Ben Gates, Benjamin Franklin, Patrick Gates, Patrick Henry, uh, John Gates, John Adams. Uh, what? Ja yeah, Diane Kruger's character, Abigail Chase, uh, she's named after Abigail Adams, who was uh, John Adams' wife. 
and uh, Samuel Chase, who also signed the Declaration of Independence. And uh, Ian Howe's character, uh, he was named after General William Howe and Admiral uh, Richard Howe, who were both high-ranking British commanders during the Revolutionary War. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, one thing, too, <laughs> which is kind of silly, um, all the good guys in this movie use Google, and all the bad guys use Yahoo. I was, I was just going to say that. that. Okay, can't... Never mind, I'll say it for my trash and treasure. It's like, no wonder they were behind. Like, let's, <laughs> yeah. let's just put it that way. But um, yeah, that's one thing I noticed. Um, there were some things that were kind of incorrect in the movie. Um, for example, when Nick Cage sends Abigail a button as a gift. Uh, that's it's a, a big deal, right? Yeah, it's yeah. one that she already had in right. her collection, if you go back and rewind it. Plus, oh. they said this girl, with her credentials and her job, she would have never, ever touched this button with her bare hands. Yes. They said there's no way someone with that job would have... They said, I no, no, that. they would have put on gloves and whatnot. So this whole idea that the ink... Valley Forge password and all that stuff would have happened. It just wouldn't have happened. This girl would not have actually touched the button with her hands. And then uh, another thing, too, is um, the clock on the back of the $100 bill. So let's talk about that. So have you guys examined the actual image? It's really weird. In the movie, it's supposed to be the time of 222. Uh But I guess what it's documented as or being documented is as 410, depending on which one you think is the hour or whatnot. I personally, I looked at it. It's got to be 222. I thought it was But they're saying it's 410. I I, I don't, so. To me, it was clearly the shorthand. Now, I don't have a $100 bill on me. I guess in 2013, it changed. They changed the time to 1030, right? Uh, 2009. 2009? Oh, I have 13. Okay, so, but they changed it to 1030, correct? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. I I have like a little thing that I wanted to read by this guy, by Roger W. Moss, though, about the clock tower. He wrote a, a thing about historic landmarks of Philadelphia. He says, in reality, the original Tower of Independence Hall that existed in 1776 had no clock. It was built only to hold a bell. That was was the Liberty Bell. What's more, that tower became unstable and was removed in 1781 and was replaced by a simple peaked roof. The original clock on that building was built into the side of the building facing Congress Hall. The current tower with its clock wasn't built until 1828. Ben Franklin, who was the focus of many of the clues, died in 1790, so there's no way he could have used the tower clock in setting up the clues. Oh. <laughs> yeah. well, the other, yeah. I did not read that. The other thing, yeah. too, is like that $100 bill that he's using, Like that wasn't on the $100 right. bill until like, so, the early 2000s. Yeah, yeah so... so. So it's, it, but I mean, hey, it's still if, kind of cool if, though. Yeah, it is story. cool because when I yeah. watch the movie, tell me you don't get a hundred dollar bill out and try to look at it when you yeah. did it. But, but I mean, you're writing the script like to try to make everything historically accurate. How hard would that have been? You know what I mean? They had to so, do a lot of research for this yeah. film. I, I do have one thing out in New York. Does anyone have anything else before we go to like New York stuff? The Trinity Church. There's the you know the tombs the one underneath. The on Wall and Broadway. Yes. Okay. The, so Trinity Church is an actual church in New York, and then underneath they had where that staircase circling going down. Then you had the. They said that I've never been in New York, but the subway system is so advanced. They use, they use so much of of New York that they would have noticed oh, any. There's, yeah. Oh, there's no yeah. way something like this would have gone unnoticed, especially under Trinity Church. I don't, is it in Manhattan? Yeah, Trinity Church, I think, is, is it, oh yeah, Wall Street. Street. Yeah, so it is it's actually yeah. right where we're staying. Yeah, so it's like so it's like they said there's there's subways underneath. There's no way they there's would have no not way. noticed yeah. this yeah. famous exactly. treasure. Yeah, how could you not notice like How'd a massive room it? with a, a bunch just saying I the don't free a ton of metal in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Freemasons would have prevented it. True, the Freemasons are very. They run the government, Illuminati. They they figured it out. The subway system is part of the Freemasons and the Illuminati, and they built around it. Imagine the Freemasons send us a letter that's Albuquerque, so I can do it too. Oh my god, if we got a cease and desist, I would die. I would love it. I would love it. That would make us official. 
Um, so another thing too, um, when Nick Cage says the last time the declaration was yes. here, right. it was being signed. It wasn't. Uh, was not it? true. Incorrect. Yeah, because yeah, they brought it over. Uh, For display, right? Yeah, during the Centennial Exposition. Yeah. So like 100 years after the declaration was signed. And then also we got uh, this dude, uh, Ben Franklin, writing letters. Okay, so what I got is the Silence Duga letters were written by 16-year-old Ben Franklin in 1722 in Boston. Um, Franklin joined the Mason Lodge in Pennsylvania in 1731. So the letters technically had nothing to do with the Freemason because he wasn't a part of that is what I'm getting. Uh Um, It says masonry wasn't established much until the 1730s as well. But Thomas Jefferson was fascinated by ciphers, so it's possible that Franklin could have like dabbed in it after he did it. But these letters were written when he was, because I guess Ben Franklin's brother, right, was a part of the newspaper, and so he Mm -hmm. didn't want the connection, I guess. Is that? And so he wrote them as silence do good, but they have nothing to do with originally Freemason. But it's, I mean, the way they have it on the back of the direction, it's like, hey, if you're just looking for letters, you can find whatever letters you want. So I guess yeah. it kind of still fits the story. Mm-hmm. I feel like there could have been an easier way if they connected the dots of this treasure other than using these letters, but we'll yeah. get into that. That's a trash of mine, but... I also read that there's like actual... Like no one has the actual letters. Yeah, they were they were destroyed. The, they were destroyed. Yeah, thought, so yeah. all we have is the actual like um, reproduction of them when yeah. they were printed in the newspaper. The Franklin everything. Institute. Has anyone ever been to there? Huh. No. Been, no. I, I, so I'm wondering if, uh, if that, they have a display of the letters. I wonder if that's even like real. They just put it up for the movie. I mean, you can, can read, also them, just say, you read them online too. That's yeah. what I thought was yeah. kind of weird. And well, maybe we'll I'm, get to that. Yeah. Oh, okay. why, why can't why, why yeah. Did they just send the kid like 18 different trips? Why, like, can't, why can't you just pull it up? Just Google it. You know? <laughs> like, but whatever. They were already on the site. Like, <laughs> they literally stupid, were. I never like, thought about that. Yeah, it's like, you, I'm sure you could pull them up. I mean, <laughs> Wait, weren't the letters... Oh, no, the FBI was there. So weren't the letters scanned they were transcribed in the house? correctly, right? Because each letter that they found was capitalized. Yeah, it was. Which is really weird that he wrote that way, but they yeah. did. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, when the kid's picking them out. Yeah, yeah. each one's capital, like the first letter of the sentence. Right. Yeah. Um, also, like, how smart do you have to be to write those, <laughs> those letters? I mean, you, this kid was 16 years old. Writing letters. Like, ben, that's insane to ben me. Ben Franklin, man. You know, yeah, what is 16 yeah. year old kids right now, mugs? They're, oh, shit. Emojis. Yeah, emojis. Imagine that's like the. You're, you are. <laughs> the hieroglyphics of our national treasure in 2019 is a bunch of 16 year olds writing in emojis. Uh, yeah, so this movie was released, and like you said, Muggs, it was a financial success. Uh, you know, eventually it would go on to get a sequel uh, with the main cast returning. Uh, that movie is called National Treasure Book of Secrets, and it was released in 2007. Um, apparently, there's a third movie in development, but Nick Cage has said that the writing may be holding it up because they're using uh, real locations, dates, and artifacts. Uh, Cage said that, quote, there has to be some credibility in terms of the facts and fact-checking because it was relying on historical events. He also mentioned that he'd like to see the concept of uh, international treasure featuring countries around the world sending uh, his character on missions that require him to learn their individual uh, histories. Uh, Another reason uh, part three is held up uh, is possibly because Jerry Bruckheimer is producing other movies, uh, specifically... Yeah, specifically uh, Top Gun Maverick and uh, Bad Boys 3, uh, which is uh, mistakenly titled Bad Boys for Life. Oh, the highly God. anticipated Bad Boys 3. Probably the most anticipated film uh, in human history, I would say. I mean, I'm right, right there right. with you, Curly. Even more than Endgame. More than Episode 9, I would say. Well, you're pissing me off, so <laughs> I, don't know, fucking, I don't give a shit, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. 
You really don't like uh, Bad Boys? I'll uh, give it a shot again. Okay, cool. I'm open for it. Okay, that's cool. Maverick, though? We'll see Maverick. I say we all go together. We have to. Can I go? Yeah. We all. Oh, okay. Yeah. So let's get into uh, our experience with uh, National Treasure. Erica, why don't you tell us your experience with this movie? Um, so I saw this movie about two years ago, and I actually like... You just um, saw it two years ago. Yeah. After Book of Secrets has been out forever, too, you just saw this I two years ago. I watch... No, no, I didn't even watch Book of Secrets. I watched National Treasure and then immediately watched Book of Secrets afterwards. So oh, okay. I did a doubleheader. Cool. Um, so I'm surprised I actually took that long to see it because I'm very into um, U.S. history and all that stuff. I liked it a lot. I liked the first one. I liked the second one. That's pretty much my experience. I just watched it at home. It wasn't nothing like too wild and crazy. Okay. Uh, TJ, uh, what's your experience with this movie? I honestly don't remember when I saw this movie. You were I, in college, I, freshman I, year. It had to have been. Because that's when, I don't know my experience, it was when I had the apartment, which you had just come in. Tell did me you, more about my experience. No, did you see the theaters? Though? No, I'm saying <laughs> no. you see the theaters, you didn't. No. No. Honestly, I think this, me seeing this movie was just like sort of a series of things that like are being on, on TV like multiple times and me just like catching glimpses of it here and there. I think the first time I watched it like, all the way through was just when I happened to catch it at the beginning of the film, like on FX or whatever. So not very memorable for me. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wow. Uh, my experience, uh, I'd never seen this movie before up until we decided to do it for this podcast. Uh, what do you think? What do I really? think? Really? I haven't seen it until we were doing this? Never watched it before. Never. So really? when did you watch it? Like two days ago? D didn't you own it though? Or don't no, no, you no, own no. It? I don't own it. Oh, it's Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So uh, I watched it on Netflix. Um, it took me three days to watch this movie. Uh, I tried to watch it last. Well, that's not good for the rating. <laughs> yeah, I tried to Mike, watch is it. Is that because uh, you watched it three times? Yeah. Foreshadowing there. No, I uh, I tried to watch it on a, a Tuesday night, fell asleep. Uh, tried to watch it on a Wednesday night, fell asleep, and then uh, I finished it on a Friday. So I ended up finishing it on a Friday. So it took me three days to watch it. So that's. Uh, I'm Did you start from the beginning each time. Huh? Did you start from the no, beginning? No, I time? think the first time I fell asleep was right after they <laughs> stole it. <laughs> when they're when they're outside of the van at night and he's right. like oh she's still talking or whatever then the second time i fell asleep was when um i think nick cage is running from them on the rooftops or whatever mm -hmm. and then i finished it friday night i started from there and finished it yeah so that's that's my experience so you didn't fully like I mean, watch it all the way through no i i kept falling asleep so I yeah couldn't. but were you watching it at like 1 a.m no i was watching it at like eight o'clock huh yeah, and I fell asleep. Well, All right, it. okay, yeah. well, we know where this is going. Yeah, we... <laughs> All right, uh, so Mugga, what's your experience with this movie? I actually remember the first time that I watched this. I first moved out um, with my friend Brian and Lauren, and we had an apartment complex, this and that. And you know when you first move out college, I was, I think, 21 at the time. Yeah, you're just, you know, you're enjoying life. You want to have friends over. A friend brought over, I don't, it might have been Alan, one of our friends in a fraternity, but he brought it over. Hey, let's put this on. VHS? <laughs> you were in college too, so I don't, it's not, yeah, you want to talk shit right now. Um, but anyways, um, uh, he had put it on while we were all like partying and drinking. And the opening montage, which I think is still horrible of like how the treasure's stolen and all that. Yeah. But it caught my eye. I said, guys, wait a minute, stop. Start it over and turn it up. And I got the whole like room 
at the time to like just like really engage the movie and then we sat down and watched the whole movie and I was like infatuated with it at the time you know and so I think I must have watched it a couple more times after that throughout like that month or two month span that we actually had it because I really I really enjoyed it but I actually remember the first time watching it because it was going in I think when they transitioned to where his eyeball is over the unfinished pyramid <laughs> and I was like wait something's happening oh, we're yeah. not paying attention so let's start it over again you know and yeah and that's when you know so but uh but yeah no I I I, I remember specifically watching it with a group of friends and like we decided to like really engage and like I think at that time the mode of the of the uh, of the night changed from like us drinking and all that to like hey let's watch this movie you know so it was kind of a fun Learning experience learning about yeah. history well, sometimes it's inaccurate but yeah, <laughs> you know alright uh, Jason uh, what's your experience with National Treasure I definitely didn't see this in theaters I saw this at home I think so I like Nick Cage. Yeah. I, I know him from, again, Con Air, The Rock, Face Off, all these movies I love, hold kind of near and dear. And I saw this was going to be made by Disney, and I was like, eh, I don't know if I'm going to go watch this. And so, but I was really anticipating Ghost Rider, believe it or not. Oh, yeah. That's and a good movie. And so I saw Ghost Rider, and Did you I. You it's a good movie. Ghost Rider? Okay, go ahead. Oh, yeah, Erica, you're way wrong. It is an <laughs> awful piece of shit. And, <laughs> and Ghost Rider was one of my favorite Marvel characters. So I was like, okay, I'm so happy they're going to do this movie. And then I watched it, and then I was completely and utterly disappointed. And so it made me not want to see this movie even more. So I put it off a few years. I think I finally kind of watched it like when TJ's talking about, like, it's on TV, it's on all the time. And I was like, all right, I'll finally sit down and watch it. I liked it, too, the first time I watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like the music and stuff like that. It, it kept me engaged the first time. I now find some flaws with it, but I remember when I gave it a chance uh, at home, kind of at my own convenience, like I was pretty captivated the first time I watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I wish I would have seen it in theaters as opposed to Ghost Rider at this point now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it kind of redeemed Nick Cage for me a little bit after seeing that movie. So yeah. Okay. Uh, so let's get into Trash or Treasure. Erica, what is your trash and treasure oh, with? Oh, I gotta pull up my notes. Okay, um, I'm gonna start with trash, obviously. Um, the whole premise of this movie was to stop the guy from stealing the Declaration of Independence, and I find it really weird that Nick Cage thought the only way to stop him was to steal the Declaration of Independence. So for me, that was well, he didn't though. Like, he tried to tell everybody else about it. Well, no, they didn't believe yeah, him. that's true. But, like, for me, that was kind of, like, I don't know. I thought that whole concept of it was trash. I mean, I don't know. I could be wrong. Who knows? Um, the You're awkward, wrong. No, I'm, I'm just wrong. <laughs> the awkward love scenes between Abigail. So forced, huh? It was so forced. Like, my favorite awkward moment was when his dad was like, you need more heat. And, like, they got really close to each other and then blew at the same time. Like, <laughs> have you ever, did you watch the everything wrong with National Treasure YouTube? No. no. So the one guy goes at the very end when she goes, he, he's like holding her, he goes, do you trust me? And she goes, yes. And he goes, you just known each other for four days and you already trust him. It's kind yeah. of funny. Like no, really, yeah. you guys already have this trust. You yeah. Know? Or yeah. like when he like kissed her out of nowhere, like what was that? He's I, like, hey, come here. And they just kiss and the dude's just like. How come that never happens to me? Also, they have a gun pointed at them. Like, just <laughs> yeah, stop doing just that. Just go. Like, like go. Um, okay, another one I have is, well, I talked about this earlier. Since it's a Disney movie, obviously, like, the guy's shooting point black. Nothing sitting. Whatever. We'll get over that. Um, why was it so easy to steal? Like, he literally walked in 
as a janitor, changed into a tuxedo and rode an elevator down to the preservation room. And it's like, was there no security down there? If Mugga's like saying like, oh, okay. Well, I didn't go down to the preservation room. But I'm just but, saying, like, like, you would think that you would think you'd a think document there would be more security. Yeah, you would think. like it was as, completely as empty. Where, you said where it a was. gunfight happens and they don't know who's no shooting one, at whom, right? It's exactly. Like, you know, like, like there's on, no man. one down there. Like it was. And they have no easy. video cameras. So or, who's shooting at who? They did, but Riley hacked. Yeah, I but, thought they took it over though. No, they took it over. They took it uh, over. Oh no, no, it was it was Ian's company that took it over, right? Yeah, they took it over oh, after. Right. Ian. Yeah. yeah, but even Riley getting into that room and hacking into like all the electrical. Wait, that's a trash. Backpack? That's all, a trash. Yeah. yeah. Mind, yeah. I don't know. I just like yeah. how did that? How you're yeah, the? It's like a, a national building. Like how are you just letting randoms? He has a bright red van and he just pulls over to the curb. <laughs> bright red van. Goes goes down some stairs. It doesn't even say plumbing on it. It's just a red van. <laughs> it's like a creepy old Walks ice cream into truck. An unlocked yeah. door and then he just. Walks in the back up. Yeah. Wait, in the he, subway system. After he's done hacking it, he, like attaching his hardware or whatever, he walks back out, gets in the van, doesn't move the van, leaves the door wide open, and proceeds to do his software stuff. Exactly. Like, I know it's hot in D.C. during, like, summer, but come on, man. Like, you're just going to leave this shit open? Okay. Photoshop skills on that badge. It was crooked. And Ben thinks, oh, this is going to fly. Like, I'm just going to walk up to security. And the picture is crooked. Maybe I just noticed that. I don't know. Also, when he was doing that, I was thinking, like, does anyone actually, like, of all the security people that you guys ever encounter for whatever reason, do you ever look at their photo and make sure that it matches their ID? No. You could have just printed it. You could have, yeah. He literally just walked right in. It's not like they were like, mm, yep, this is you. <laughs> yeah, that's also very true. Uh, my favorite part was when not my favorite, it's a trash, but my favorite trash, one of my favorite trashes is when... Um, Your favorite trash. Okay, that's the first guy. <laughs> well, not like favorite, but anyways, when Ben is telling Riley and all them, like, Ian has infinite resources, and it's literally him and his henchmen around a laptop on Yahoo. <laughs> <laughs> this is, and I get it, it's 2004, but come on, like, I don't know. It's pretty high tech for back then, I guess. Way high tech, right? Um... I'm also sort of confused as to why he needed to use blood for the ink he on the... He certainly s- did not. He did not. Like, you couldn't just use the snow or, like, gunpowder, roll a little bit of gunpowder on there, and I don't know. And then also that explosion on the ship, they all should have died. There's no way. No. Every single one Every of them, yeah. single one of <laughs> but, them But don't you think died. about the gunpowder, too? Like, how? Like, wasn't it, like, probably sopping wet? Exactly. ignited that easily like that? I don't know. No. So, like, and I have this about, like, the treasure room at the very end, too, like, we're talking about hundreds of years. Doesn't like fuel just like stop being effective or no? Like it's still it, flam like. Oh, the way he, like, he enlightened the whole room. Like, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He like put a torch in it, yeah. and like all this oil is still there. It has. What if gone that's anywhere? like to s- destroy all the treasure? Like, like no, dude, don't <laughs> like, take that oh, risk, yeah. man. Like, know, like the British are coming. The British. Are coming. <laughs> Imagine like all the treasure was on that ship, right? And they just yeah. blew it up. <laughs> Okay. Oil's here, huh? Perfect. <laughs> right? Gunpowder. Lighten okay. every fuse they see. Okay, so that's my trash. Um, my national treasure for the film. Oh, I see what you I, did there. There you go. Yeah. I have to say it. Um, is actually just the history behind it. Um, for me, I liked how the writers researched. Um, it may be inaccurate, but the parts that were true, they researched like the Freemasons, the knights, um, the locations. Uh, that's pretty much it. But Nicolas Cage and his one-liners and his facial expressions are always good for me. Classic. Classic. And I really enjoyed, for all us Game of Thrones fans, um, 
Ned Stark showing up as a Lannister. I'm sure Kerwin knows what I'm talking about, looking like Jamie Lannister. And that's about it. <laughs> that's all my treasure. All right, TJ, what's your trash or treasure? Uh, so my trash, I, I, I thought the writing was really bad, uh, really predictable, and also like really stereotypical of like an action, like thriller, like hunt, treasure hunt movie. It just seemed like really um, one note for me from a writing perspective. The other thing is, how do they always seem to like know exactly what this clue is talking about? This treasure has eluded people for hundreds of years, yeah. but they Ben have, Gates, they didn't like, have Charlotte. Okay, Ben kidding, Gates like looks at something and he's like, "Oh, that's the silence. Do good letters." Like, what the fuck? Like, it just seemed like men. too easy for them. And I know that it's a long movie, and it could have been longer. Um, I know they said the rough cut was like almost four hours or something, but it just seemed too easy to know all of these things and for all of these things to happen right at the same time right so they get to philadelphia they change their clothes and they still have 20 minutes to get to the tower yeah they don't have to wait for the next day or anything it's like oh we have to be there at 222 oh well lucky for us it's two o'clock like we can keep this standard time yeah (laughs) just like it's just like a lot of things that happened that i thought were improbable but i have said this on on other podcasts and uh, it remains true for this podcast. I, my treasure, I enjoy any time uh, history or especially American history is woven into a script like this. Uh, I thought they did a really good job. Mm-hmm. Most of it is pretty true. Um, obviously, they take some liberties in some places, but for the most part, a lot of it is uh, is accurate, and I appreciate that. Like I said, anytime you can weave like fiction in with nonfiction, for me, it that's something that I really enjoy. So that would be my treasure. Uh, so my treasure with this, I do appreciate, you know, all the research that kind of went into the making of the movie. You know, I'm, I'm glad that for once a studio took their fucking time with the script mm-hmm. to make sure it was accurate or, you know, uh, as quality as they could make it. So I do appreciate that. Uh, my favorite part in the movie is when, uh, <laughs> when Sean Bean's getting on the lift to escape from the church or whatever. And like Riley's talking, and like he pulls a gun on Riley and he says like what was he say he's like don't speak again yeah he's like don't ever speak again that was my favorite part in the movie I, I but love then that I hate shit. it because Riley's like okay I'm like no he I, just said not to speak no no I I love that part because that Sean Bean was me in that moment and that's my treasure <laughs> that's my treasure with this movie out of all of national treasure your treasure is that scene that line that's my favorite part in the movie oh, that's, man, his rating is that's, negative money I think that <laughs> is literally like you know the girl that they asked for a hundred dollar bill yeah at Urban, that's me like during the whole movie You're like whatever because you really she, hated that she's just, like, she's just like I don't care like whatever, here's your hundred dollars like I don't care and this has a lot to do with what TJ said this movie's like totally one note it's totally formulaic I mean, even when you talk about the behind the scenes, like this movie was put together to be like a franchise merchandising yeah. type thing. It was put together to be a blockbuster. That being said, like I said before, I am glad they did the research and they took their their time developing the script and all that to make sure things were historically accurate. But this movie is, to me anyway, this is so boring. Like this movie is not exciting. I don't find any of the characters interesting. I find them to be totally annoying. I find the dialogue to not be rich in character at all i find it to be just completely bland 
everything about this movie is just boring as hell to me. Okay, really? so you you hate it. Yeah, I, 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 I just my trash is this movie. National trash. Yeah, I national trash. I don't like this movie. Um, like I'm gonna try to burn through my. I'm gonna try to burn through this long list of trash I have. Oh no! But yeah, everyone, open a beer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I will take s- a break now or later. I'm gonna I'm gonna start off now. Like, uh, since when did we establish that these guys are like professional thieves? Like Nick Cage oh. and Riley. When was that ever established? I'll they're, agree with that one. They're historians, and all of a sudden they have the tech to break into the archive, and they have the know-how, and it's literally the Bruce Wayne scene from Batman v Superman, where he goes to Lex Luthor's party. That's literally what this is. Not to say that they copied it, but it reminded me of that. Um, and then you have, um, like, you know, Erica, we talked about the bright red van. That was, like, a big <laughs> thing for me. Um, Nick Cage, he does use Photoshop to make that fake badge. Photoshop does not make fancy computer noises when you clip, cut, copy, paste, place, or transform objects at all. Photoshop does not make noises like that. Um, I will give props. Yeah, I will give props to Nick Cage though, because he named all of his layers. Um, and that's like a huge pet peeve of mine as a graphic designer. Like I love one, that you noticed that. Oh yeah, I, I paused the movie that and I literally looked. was three seconds. Oh no, I looked because I was like, this motherfucker over here using Photoshop and it's going like, it sounds like R2-D2 <laughs> and it's just like, I'm glad he named all his layers. I will name the layers, but I, I'll skip I that no today. How many about. layers were there, do you think? Uh, there should I think, only be two, right? I think there was over like eight layers. Yeah, some of the ones oh, I got they, were... Oh, probably changed the names and stuff. Yeah, you changed the, the names. So I got yeah. photo untouched, old underscore photo, badge painted, badge frames not painted, badge distorted. Shout out to using the distort uh, feature. That's a real transform tool in Photoshop. Wow. So I did appreciate that. They researched. Yeah, maybe Photoshop's my other treasure. I don't know. They researched Photoshop more than they did national history. Yeah. I know, right? Yeah, he actually did that. Um... <laughs> I thought Riley's the most fucking annoying character I've ever seen in my life. Like, I don't find anything he says to be funny. Like, he just looks like a fucking bag of dicks. But did he not voice what you were thinking the entire time? No. Like, he's annoying as fuck. Like, when he's in the car, he's just like, oh, I'm so hungry. Oh, this. Oh, this. Like, I I fucking hate him. Like, he's not... Are we there yet? He's not funny at all. Like, he's not funny at all. And I hate his goatee. You didn't didn't laugh when he said, Albuquerque. See, I can do it too. No. 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 Wow, this is awkward. No, they, you know that's from, right? <laughs> no. It's, a, it's from something. It's from a Weird Al Yankovic song. Yeah, he yeah, did like yeah. a oh, song, right? Yeah. yeah. Diane Kruger's character and Nick Cage's character being in love, like she literally has fuck me eyes the first time they meet. And I'm just kind of like, he just told you about a potential plot to steal the Declaration of Independence. And all you can do is think about whatever you think about. Like, just, just like their infatuation is unrealistic. Like we talk about Mission Impossible Two being too fast. This movie's way too fast for me. Anyway, it's gonna be like last like, two days, that. isn't it? Yeah. Uh, like this whole movie feels like it's made for TV. Like their cop out was using a visa to get him caught. Like really? Like you have all this spy technology and shit, and you couldn't come up with some way to get yourself out of being forced to use your actual visa card to pay for a Declaration of Independence <laughs> replica. Like this is stupid. He was only a dollar fifty short too. Yeah, and then um, what's up with Sean Bean's character? Like, what did he need the treasure for? Because like, if you're trying to stop him from stealing the declaration, you've done it. Take it back to the archive and say, "Hey, I stole it before this guy did," and you're done. If the whole goal is to stop him from stealing it, you've done it. Why? Why go after the treasure now and incriminate yourselves further? You know what you I'm saying? Because it. you already have it. Yeah, you already have, you already the, have declaration. the declaration. So yeah, read the back and then give it back. Yeah, because Nick Cage was never about finding the treasure if it meant you know pursuing it he, illegally. I thought it was his whole family 
He wanted like, to clear the family yeah, like, name. Well, that's more no, that's or less part, a number. That's it's part, part two. two. That's in yeah. part two. Oh. But I still think he also, because it's that whole interaction with his dad, because they have this thing where he's like, it's not I really. I want to prove you wrong. And I think that's why I, I think he still wants to do it. I get what you're saying. Like, I get that. But like to go to those lengths to prove your daddy wrong, I just kind of think that's a little silly. Um, yeah. My whole thing with Sean Bean's character, though, is just like, you know, if. All he wanted was the treasure. Why didn't Nick Cage just stick with him anyway? Because he said, I'm going to steal the declaration. Okay, well, I'm going to steal it too. Like, you're going to steal it anyway. You might as well have just stuck with him. But he tried to kill him. He left him for dead. No, no, no. He tried to kill him after he said he wasn't going to steal it. And then now he just wants to steal it for what? Like, what? So you think he should have made a call? Hey, I changed my mind. I want to steal it too with you? Or? Yeah, because you were just going to steal it anyway and do all this illegal shit anyway. You might as well have just stuck with Sean Bean. And and the way Sean Bean's character is written, he's never written as a malicious character until all of a sudden it's just like, wait, you don't want to pursue this treasure anymore? You don't want to break the law? Okay, in the it's first like he has, five minutes He has no movie. larger... What's his end game? Like, what is his end game with the treasure? Like, in The Mummy, we know that, you know, they're trying to find this mummy dude and bring him back to life and take over the world. In Indiana Jones... why someone wants $10 billion? No, like, what's, what's their end game? No, no. He was like, trying to pay his debts. Was he trying to pay his debts? I don't know. Like Nicolas Cage. Who has $10 billion dollars in debts? In the first like five minutes where they're like um, best friends. The, yeah, they're good friends, they're working together. And then Nick Cage's character and the bad guy character or whatever. And the bad guy's like, uh, yeah, this is what we're gonna do. I'm basically a criminal. And Nick Cage is like, mm, no. I'm like, uh, this guy just told you that he Has is sources. a criminal yeah. and will kill you. Yeah. And you're like disagreeing, like, just say, like, oh, okay, cool, and then leave later. But it seemed really weird to me that you'd be like, no, I can't let you do that. Yeah. Uh, I have guns. Yeah, and the other thing, too, is just like, um, you know, we say Sean Bean's character has infinite resources. It's just like he just has a bunch of dudes with guns. And like you said, Yahoo search engine. It's just like, pay some fucking nerds to find the shit. Like, yeah. pay pay nerds. Like, well, that's what you need the $10 million for. I, I don't know. It's just it's just kind of... Billion. This, everything, seems, billion everything seems convoluted to kind of have, like, this bad guy who wants to find the treasure and this other guy who wants to find the treasure but like we never know what the bad guy's you, end game is what is you, what is his goal to with finding to the treasure to have 10 billion dollars no, 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 no I get it but like does is it ever explicitly stated that hey, he's gonna sell it to make that money but you said too or was it TJ that the original cut was four hours long Mm. Do you think that maybe they had it and they just had to break it? I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I, don't. W- I would say that maybe it's four hours long because they needed to explain everything and it, it comes out convoluted. Yeah. I've yeah. never asked for the motivation of someone seeking a treasure. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. The, the motivation is always no, no, the I, treasure. I get it. I look at it this way. Like when you have like rival treasure hunters, they're trying to get to the treasure first. That is the goal to get to the treasure right. first. But this guy is going out of his way, out of his way to use illegal means willing to shoot people in public, possibly murder people, you know, all this other shit, holding people's families hostage. Like you need to have a, you need to have like a larger end game than that. Cause yeah. one, we don't know what the fuck the treasure is I'll tell you for right now, like the first part of the movie. I'll hold you all hostage for $10 billion. No, I, but okay. Then I would help you do that. <laughs> but my whole thing I is just like. I would volunteer if I got a cut. My Can I get thing? 1%? <laughs> My whole thing is just like, what What about this character, you know? If, drives him. Yeah, what drives this guy? Like, you just want the treasure? Like, you paid this guy to find you the treasure, and then you end up fucking figuring out the clues faster than he is towards the end of the movie, like, yeah. as you as you move yeah. along. Like, but I, I think also, doesn't Ian 
fund all of the yeah. stuff at the very beginning, and that's, it shows that yeah. that's why they're in business. Because I yes, think I think uh, Ian wants the treasure as well, and he knows I need Ben Gates to help me do that. Yeah, and he's the one that puts off not only the resources but the financial part but of then, it. But then, but then right. he his plan is I'm going to kill you, and then well, he's like, he no, I think he's like, hey, don't worry about it. Like I'll take care of it. We just like you give me the clues, and I think that's when Nick Case care. Ben's like, hey. I know where you're going. We're not stealing the declaration. I yeah. think that's where you get the divide between no, and, them. And that makes and that makes perfect sense. Yeah. But my whole thing is just like, um, so your plan is to just kill him? Just fucking let him go then. Like just just leave him alone. Just leave him the fuck alone. Like you're gonna kill him for what? Yeah, uh, yeah the, I, I never thought of it that way. I, I see what you're saying though. Like, it seems it seems rather extreme considering yeah. like and, and but, but, premature. But, but I, I think, but right? Because you don't know where the clue leads, so there could be other clues where... Yeah, it's just like, why would you kill him when you might require his services later, right. as you clearly did later in the film? Right. But Ian's not thinking about that. He's thinking, like, you look at pirates with a treasure map. It's like, oh, go here, 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 you get to the treasure. That's probably what he's thinking on the back of this thing. So right. now, you're, now you're taking care of Nick Cage, someone that could potentially out you and stop his whole and foil his whole plan. And that's and that's where I get to with the infinite resources thing. So you take out this guy, yeah, somebody that I could out you, that's fine. But then you don't bring in anybody else that's smart enough or on right. Nick Cage's level to help you continue. You know what I'm saying? Or has enough education to be able yeah, to Yeah, it's just that, like yeah. your your plan to find these elaborately hidden clues is to hire a bunch of guys that can't even shoot a pistol correctly. <laughs> like I just I just find like this bad guy like what they wanted to do was like let's have let's have a fucking adventure where we tour American history. Oh, also we need a bad guy. They needed something to like for the, a, like a purpose. To yeah, drive the bad it guy was quickly. an afterthought. All you really needed was just another treasure hunter who's just as smart as Nick Cage who's trying to find it first. That's Which all you, you need. The second one. It's what yeah. you get in the second one. And, with... and and I can't wait to maybe watch it potentially. Oh, book of secrets. <laughs> Okay. No, I've We're never seen any of them. I can't, I can't wait to maybe watch the second one. Hypothetically. But that's what but the yeah. second one's about. But like, like a little bit less... Uh, is that on Netflix? I don't know. No, Who knows? I don't the think the second one is not. Yeah, well, I'm not paying for it. But just, you know, we talk about the kiss, whatever. I'm going to I'm gonna wrap this up real quick. But um, the other thing, too, like after they pick up the declaration, after they're running or whatever, Sean Bean says, you know, let them go. And I'm like, so let me get this straight. You wanted to kill Nick Cage earlier because he just didn't want to steal anything. And now you're going to let these two people, Riley and uh, Diane Kruger, Abigail, who you've been shooting at for the last five minutes, like attempted murder. But you're now just they're gonna, in like a public no, but street. No, you're in a public street and you're just like, let them go. Gonna... It's just like, motherfucker, they know what you all look like. They can just go to the cop. Like, right. they can they go do. to the cops and snitch on you. Like, kill them it's... now. <laughs> like, but you I, have I also them. look at it as like, I think he knew he had the ace in his pocket of his dad. He knew that, hey, I have Ben Gates' dad to where if I need him, I have, I can show that card then and still get what I want out of it. That's why I was like, hey, let him go. We got the declaration. We're good. We don't need, because it wasn't Ben Gates. Yeah. Uh, and I get what you're saying, though. And that, and that makes sense, you know, to kind of always, what does the dad say? Always be in control of the circumstances well, what or is whatever. It, what is the term that he uses? Uh, terms of engagement or something uh, like no, that. Status quo. Status, status quo. quo. Yeah. 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 Change so, like, status quo. And that's, and that's status fine and all. Changed, son. <laughs> and that's fine and all, but it's just like, you're, these two people can still get you caught up. Yeah. Like, you might as well cut all the loose ends now. Like, just do it. You've already proved yourself to be this bad guy. Just, just fucking kill him now. Yeah. Like, I, I don't get it. But, yeah, my last trash is uh, Nick Cage walks into the treasure room. <laughs> Remember when they go to the bottom of the church or whatever? Yeah. And then um, 
I, okay, number one, when they walk into the final treasure room, I was half expecting like fucking genie to show up. <laughs> like, oh, wasn't it? Yeah, like I don't know. I was expecting them to find a lamp or something when he lit up the shit. Uh, the other thing too is like, don't ever hold the torch pointing down. No, it's, it's gonna burn so your shit. You're gonna yeah. burn your arm. I was just like, come on, man. Like, hold it eye level so you can see. And like, his arm is just melting in front of our eyes. Can but. we just discuss the lighting in that building really quick in the treasure room? Um, since you brought it up. There's no way that torches could illuminate the room like that. They, I also they don't understand powder. it because if you watch it, it like spreads out. Like, how do they cross the fire? Because it spreads out horizontally in front of them. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's weird. I have a lot more um, trashes now that we're talking about this. I mean, they're just tr- fire. I don't know. Trash. Trash. Uh, Mugga, what's your trash or treasure with this movie? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with my trash. I don't even know how I can go after that. Though. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I, the silence do good letters. I feel like if you're trying to connect a pathway of Freemason leaving clues and all that, I, I think that they could have done such a better job than that. You know? Yeah. I mean, historically we've seen it's not accurate. Maybe it could be whatever, but it's just, okay. So I guess how does Ben Gates not know that his dad gave the silence? Wouldn't that have been like the news or something of like, hey, like we I donated him to the yeah. Okay, yeah. whatever, all right. But you could research him online or whatnot. Okay, fine. Let's just put all that aside. Now you have this kid up and you out. Why only take him in to get four letters at a time? Like, like this kid ain't going to decipher this whole thing. Hey, here's all the stuff that I need. Bring it back. I'll give you whatever you want. I, I, I don't know because now you allow Ian who somehow magically connects it and at the right last time the yeah. last four letters pass and st- whatever okay so I didn't like that I, I like Sean Bean I just don't like his character in this movie I, I really feel that like he's an idiot in a sense like you're so quick to turn on Ben Gates right at the beginning like dude no like there's got a way to I don't I don't know like yeah. it seemed like they had a friendship the way they were talking you know before they, the beginning? almost like they teamed up on Riley like should we just leave him here you know haha whatever but like some of the things that he does like like at the very end of the movie, like, okay, like, you know, status quo's change, you know, and they, they give you this clue. Well, why not take the declaration? Why not take the pipe or the dad again? No, you're just going to leave him there, you idiot, you know, like they whatever. They probably get up the stairs again. So I, I, didn't like, I didn't like his character. I thought they made him kind of look incompetent when I think that him as an actor could have been so much better. That's the thing that I have. Um, I don't like Riley hacking into the archive system from yeah. a subway room that's not guard. Why that's, I, whatever. Okay, I don't like that. I'm surprised you guys didn't bring this up. When I first watched this movie, like, and I, and I brought up my experience, where Ben Gates' cage is deciphering off of the Mirshan pipe, the poem, you know, or the, whatever it is, how does he not put together Matlack, 55, Iron Pen, all this stuff. He should have easily said, oh, Timothy Matlack, bam. Declaration of Independence, bam. I, 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 with I as feel much like, knowledge as Yeah, I feel about, like yeah. With, with who his character is supposed yeah. to be, this guy that knows everything about history and names, hey, right away, Matlack, bam. I know where we're going. Let's go, you know? But um, there's a couple action scenes where you can definitely tell or not Nick Cage. The the chase scene in the vans, it's not him on the tuxedo. Oh, as well really? as okay. when go look at it again. It's it's um, it's yeah. I mean they didn't do anything to make sure you couldn't see it. Um I thought you would bring this up. I hate to do this before you but the captain guarding the barrel at the beginning, like how is oh. that possible, dude? Like I mean also, like, where it freezes I mean. and unfreeze, like how the fuck is that captain, right? Like but that's also what I mean. He's he just like looks at it and he's like, that's the captain. 
Why would the guarding. captain be guarding yeah. that? I didn't like, like that. I was like, like really, it's not, it's really, easy. dude? Yeah. Like, there should have been some, like, memorial or something of, like, a barrel. Like, oh, why is this barrel important? Not like a captain a guarding it. or something. Yeah, like, why something is this captain guarding it? I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't like that. Um, I think that they don't need to steal a declaration. Like, you could totally cut this movie out if it's like, hey, this guy, Ian, is going to steal a declaration. I'm Give telling you name. because there's on the back. Yeah. When he tries to steal it, because I know he's going to try to steal it, here's what happened. Then just let me look at the back of it. Until then, I'll let, I feel like that could have been a great plan. And he decides, in order to protect it, I got to steal it myself, now putting himself in criminal. Yeah. I, I didn't. Re- I understand now you don't have a movie, but it's like easily, I, he didn't have to steal it. You I know? also wonder, too, because like, Ian goes straight to the preservation room. Yeah. Like, how do they know that's to go another, there? That's another trap. That's like, how so does weird. Ian know to do that when like, Riley's the one that set it, it off? Without, yeah. yeah. Um, another one, too. This is like FBI, archives, history, all that. The password is Valley Forge. Oh, Valley Forge. Like, yeah. there's no, like, like if I have to do a password for Verizon, I got to have a capital letter, yep. a symbol, a number. Like, well, I, I, Valley Forge. 2004, though. Valley Forge. They didn't, re- they didn't require. The, but still, the, the 2004, you require Valley Forge. symbols and numbers. I feel like you need, like, more fingerprints, like, yeah. an eyeball All right. scanner. So, so there's a couple of things that I, as trash. Um, my first treasure, getting into it, treasure, I like Riley. I don't know why you guys don't. I think he mm. brings comedy in. I, I don't know. Like, and then... I think this ignited his career, right? You see him a bunch of stuff. He's in a Hangover. Barely. Can't think of anything else. <laughs> but I mean, you know, hangover. there's a second one. Ignited his career. Ignited his career, and he's in Hangover. Hangover two. And Barely. And three is there? No, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I really, I really did like Riley. Um, I thought that the filming on the location, I thought that was cool. Like you can see, there's a part where he's on Pennsylvania Boulevard walking uh-huh. across. You can see the Capitol building. You can see all the monuments. They do things, you know, to put in there. Like, I don't know if you guys noticed, but I think Ian and them are staying at Watergate Hotel, right? Yes. Yeah. And it's just like, hey, oh. just put that in there because it's a big thing. You know, like they could have said any hotel, but they yeah. could, Watergate. I, I, I North like Marriott. that. Um, I think the stealing of the declaration might be the climax of the movie. I think this is a great scene, like, situation. I don't know. I, I really do like that. Um, the other thing, too, I, I like that everyone can love this movie, whether you're, you know, young or old, male. I, I don't know. I feel like it's, it's a great movie. Obviously, Kerwin doesn't feel that way. I can kind of tell. But um, the comedy in it, too, I think is another treasure of mine. I think they, they really gently insert a bunch of lines I, I laugh at still to this day. We've used the snorkel Albuquerque a couple times some other things you know but uh, but I don't know um, the poster though of the movie I think that's like my like national treasure of this the movie you know cool. where it's like yeah I it really it's it. like your typical like 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 movie photo of like Nicolas Cage right there there's the logo oh, bam I mean it just totally screams movie Hollywood yeah. I love Summer it um, blockbuster. there you go yeah. when it was November and number oh, November 19 sure. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but no that, those are those are my treasure of this movie and I, I could watch it right now if you guys want to watch it right after this no thanks okay. uh, Jason you what's your two? trash or treasure Okay, so you guys covered some of my trash and national treasures, but um, one of my one of my trashes, and I don't know if you guys are gonna agree with me. There's just some cheesy stuff that like Nick Cage says, like for sure, like he says like certain like really historical things, and like the music kind of slows down and it gets on his face, and it's just like like Riley's kind of sitting there like mouth open, like oh my god, this is so magnificent. Like when he's reading the part of the Declaration, when he's like when they're in the rotunda room, yeah. and it's like it slows way down. It's just focusing on him. I'm just like, yeah, just a little cheesy. Um, how again? How easy Riley gains access to that security, like to get in and hack into it. I'm just like. 
Yeah, Nick Cage had to do some things. He had to put in the janitor's outfit. He had to have all of his stuff like together. But like Riley just kind of like, you know, goes down a couple flights of stairs, walks into a door, and boom, 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 he's in there. Um, thought that was kind of cheesy. Uh, the green laser to heat up. I'm like, how the fuck is no one seeing a goddamn green laser? Yeah, how's no one I seeing this? That too. Uh, the changing rooms at the Urban Outfitters. I don't know about you guys, but I've never seen changing rooms where there's women or female and male right next to each other and they're talking next yeah. to it. Also, I've never well, seen like 45 year old men at Urban Outfitters. Yes, yeah. like old ass people at Urban Outfitters. I've walked into Urban Outfitters and turned right back around. Not about a goddamn thing there. So I'm like, what are they getting there? I don't know. Bro, I dress. Well, I dress like I shop there, and I would never go there. Do yeah. you think that it was a product placement? Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. I didn't yeah. even know it was an Urban Outfitters until that's right it, now. I think that's an Urban Outfitters. We should see if that's an Urban Outfitters opened. It's in Pasadena. It's in Pasadena. No, but I mean, like, we should see if that's, like, the time that Urban Outfitters became, like, a oh, thing new. for, like, yeah. product oh, placement yeah. purposes. It may have evolved, I guess, over time yeah. into the shittiness we know it. Um, <laughs> so one thing I was thinking about, too, is when they're walking. So they're, they've gotten through Parkington Lane, and they're down, and they're walking around that, that wooden staircase, and the guy falls through into this abyss of nothingness. Like That was, like, the Spartan hole in uh, 300. I mean, they would have found it yeah, at the exactly. bottom. Yeah, exactly. Like, no one looked. What about you guys? Do you guys keep going? <laughs> no. No. Like this, well, you see a guy. I don't go in the grave. If there's, <laughs> a, if there's a gun pointed at me, I do. Yeah, I just like fuck, dude. Status quo, DJ. Yeah, I, <laughs> and I'd be like, I'd be like, fuck that, take my dad. Like, yeah, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I was just like, Jesus, Bye, man. And then the whole someone has to go to prison today, and Nick Cage. I, I think Nick Cage should have gone to prison. Like, he stole the declaration. Yeah. Well, someone has to go to prison, and it's like, yeah, I motherfucker, it's you. Like, you should go to prison, not anyone else. Well, because Sean Bean's character hasn't broken the law. Exactly. He hasn't broken the law. Yeah. Why is he but going he to jail? But he does have the like declaration the in his judicial, possession. Judicial he shot a bunch of people, though. No, no. He should, he should. Did he they should. land any any hits? I, I, I think they, no. I don't think one person was killed no, other than the old age. He should be charged with kidnapping and, um, you, know, uh, attempted you know, murder. attempted murder. And that's and that's it. And but Nick Cage. And trespassing. And trespassing. Nick Cage has, you know, theft, theft all that other shit, Grand breaking larceny. and entering, a larceny. Like, they both got to go to jail. But instead, Nick Cage got 10%. Yeah, I mean... I think that shows that if, he, if you one. have enough money, <laughs> the United States judicial system will let you get off scot I mean, that's how it works. He, <laughs> he legitimately just found $10 billion. Yeah, of course. But, and not, what are they but, but do? not even, really, because, like, he's sitting down with Harvey Keitel in the station at first. Yeah. They already have him. Like they know what he says is you're not a very well, yeah, good he's, bargainer. He's he escaped, hands over he all of his custody. Shit. Yeah, I'm just saying like he should go to jail or prison. Like Harvey Keitel says right there. Like why? Well, they were gonna, but then they could find Ian. Yeah, but so still, he go. he should. I mean, he should be wanting to go to prison. He it's not like they let him to... go. I mean, no. Well, they. I think they they well, held the on. They did, in the middle. They they held on to him because they needed to get the declaration right. back from Ian. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the whole reason why. But, but I think still, like, I don't know. That's just me. I know. I right. guess I guess at the end of Nick it all, Nicholas wasn't in a cage. So. <laughs> oh. I know. Uh, so that's, that's, that's most of my... I mean, you guys covered a lot of my other trash, but that's my trash. Uh, my national treasure <laughs> is the music... I don't know about you guys. You might find it cheesy or whatever, but I like I, it too. I, like yeah. the music. I did win an award. The music, the soundtrack. It did kind win of an also award. reminds me of parts of the Caribbean, which you brought up because that. it's the same people, right? Yeah. Claus Bedelt was the. I don't composer? know. When you said no, it at the it's, beginning, uh, it's Trevor Rabin. Uh, he did uh, Con Air and Gone in sixty seconds. No That's wonder why you guys love it. That's yeah. why I like it. All right. I I don't like the soundtrack at all. Really? I don't like the score really? at all. I like it. It I was like very piracy when they got to the treasure. 
like that weird. It felt kind of like the rockish a little bit, maybe Con Air-ish. It felt kind of like that. Maybe that's why I liked it. Um, I really liked the opening explaining about the Freemasons and the Knights of Templar. I think that was really cool. Like mm-hmm. um, after reading and then rewatching it, like I forgot how specific they got with it. And it's pretty on point with, I mean, mm-hmm. they, they kind of gloss over the very beginning, like, they talk about the 1700s and they go back and they kind of gloss over it, but they do kind of touch on a lot of points that, according to what I read, the Freemason history, like it's it's pretty accurate. I thought that was cool. The shots of DC were, were really good. You guys are going to like this, but I liked Riley's character too. Yeah. I, I think... Why can't the, they just say, here's the treasure, spend it wisely? Like, I love yeah. that quote. It, no, no, the some thing of it, is too, I think, I think Riley represents like what the audience is thinking throughout the movie where it's like, why isn't it more simple or, or this is too fantastical? Like it just, it's just like really blunt. Like we're all thinking like, okay, well you can't do, you can't steal the declaration. And he like represents that person to me at least. Yeah. And like not being a person that knows every single iota fact of like everything about history too it's like we're kind of like yeah kind of just following like he talks about being a volunteer it's like yeah I volunteer for this but I don't know what the hell like I'm just kind of following he also says wait I know something that you don't when he does the whole daylight savings thing and all that yeah then he tries like do you know who is in charge of like initiating the daylight savings they go Ben Franklin goes and he's all pissed off because that's like the everyday person he has one like glimmer of glimpse of like knowing something they didn't know I like Riley yeah Um, I liked his description about the protection of the declaration so when they talk about like hey it's like you know, under this kind of glass with these heat sensors and it goes down and it kind of shows all that stuff. And then Nick Cage kind of drops. And I liked that scene too. Um, you guys talked about the Watergate hotel that Ian's staying at. Uh, I liked Harvey Keitel's character. Yeah. I thought he did a great job. I love his, like his voice. It just, it fits well with being the FBI agent. Um, of course him being a Freemason though at the end is like, Oh yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. That was a little over the top, but I think him as a character, um, I thought he did pretty well. And then the daylight savings time thing. I thought that like, again, yeah. I kind of liked Riley doing some of these, like some of it's like kind of cheesy, but some of it's like, yeah, like how the fuck do you know some of these things? Right. And he's like, kind of just holding on. Like, I'm just kind of going with you guys. And it's like, I mean, he's probably frightened or scared and he's kind of making some humor out of it. And it's like, I don't know how I would react, but like, I give you, it's kind of cheesy, but I, I do like Riley's character. And then this is just something that I don't know what you guys are going to think. And maybe you can cut this out, but I just think about Nick Cage's character just as a person, like in this whole thing. And it's just like, he's, he's doing something that a lot of people have given up on, like not following through him, but he's like going against the grain big time, like his character the whole time. It's like, yeah. he's doing something that said couldn't be done, doesn't exist, isn't attainable. And he just keeps like pushing on against like all adversities, even though when he's being told that he's wrong or he's crazy or he's never going to achieve this, but he just like, I think that's like part uh, outside of being just like this kind of kind of action kind of drama historical kind of fun movie like you kind of see his character just like he just he's very perseverant like he just keeps he keeps pushing on and he keeps going against like what everyone is saying again like even his own father that was on board with this at some point maybe his grandfather his whole family legacy and that now it's kind of like fallen by the wayside he's still holding on to these beliefs like with everything and he's finding investors like Ian and he's doing all this stuff even though people like Abigail and everyone else except for Riley is telling him that he's nuts like he's still trying to pursue um, this this dream I just I that's one thing I kind of like too yeah and that's that's admirational yeah that's an admirable quality to have yeah yeah that's about it all right, so I have uh, a few more trashes that I thought about. Oh, <laughs> okay, go ahead, go for it. You got more? Uh, yeah, number I'm here one. For it. Um, 
they use flashlights for this entire film until the very, very end when they have to light a torch. And we've already talked about like the way he's holding a torch or whatever, but they need the torch. And it's like so annoying to me because flashlights have worked thus far, but <laughs> hey, there's a torch. Do you have a light? Like we need to light this torch. And it just lights up like as if it hasn't been sitting down there for the last 300 years. The other thing that I find super, super annoying is that when they steal the declaration, they have an entire like safe, working area even when they're in his father's house and they're unrolling the declaration like the table is lined with like trash bags and gloves on and they don't want to touch it because obviously this piece of paper is hundreds of years old but then later in the movie they're just like unrolling that thing they're turning it over with their bare hands yeah like as if there's nothing that they did in the beginning mattered well no one scene started to cut you off one scene they had like the plastic on the edges and they were using that to like turn it over in the Independence Hall. You didn't see that? Mm-mm. Yeah, they had plastic over it. Mm. Yeah, but I, I agree. When they're back at, but yeah, I agree, yeah. at the dad's house, it's like he had his whole clean room set up at yeah. his house and everything's like enclosed and it's like, oh, do you have any lemons in the fridge right. and a couple Q-tips? We're good to go, guys. Right. Where's yeah, the hair dryer at? Also the hair dryer that he used. <laughs> I'm not joking when I say my mom had that exact hair dryer <laughs> when I was growing up. Mm. Is there a big warning sticker? It says like yeah. a fire or something too. It's like what the fuck. So, anyways, that was not. All right, so uh, let's get Kurt, into. I want you I... to give us another trash because I feel like you're just going. Down I, I skipped. I skipped. I know. So I know you trash. did. I know you did. There's no way you gave all your trash. I, I didn't because I didn't want to go on forever. Okay. Like, well, what's I, one more? Give us one, one more. Okay, I, I do have another fun fact. I don't know if you guys have ever watched Dexter. I think it was on Showtime. I watched yeah. the first season. Yeah. So one of the FBI agents that's uh, watching Nick Cage on like the dock or whatever. Um, he's the same guy that plays the, uh, Yay! the agent. Surprise, the, motherfucker. Yeah, uh, he's uh, Sergeant Dokes, I think that's his name. So he's the guy that catches Dexter and he's like, surprise, motherfucker. Yeah. So I thought that was that was one thing I noticed. But he didn't say any, anything in that movie. Nah, he, he barely said shit. He had like a couple lines, but that was about it. I missed that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna completely shit on this movie. People do like it, so. I mean, you kind of already did. Yeah, you, you, this is like the most brutal. I, I got through, I got through like 80 percent of my trash. Okay. Can I ask you a question before we get into? Will yeah. you ever watch this again? No. All right, there you go. Done. What if I ask you? You want to know when I'll birthday? watch it? The next time it's on FX. Wait, what? The next time it's on FX. Like anytime it's on, I'm watching it. Okay. It's on Netflix. It is on Netflix. But then you have to choose to watch it on Netflix. You actually have to like select press it. press play. I want to find National Treasure two and watch it. Book of Secrets. All right, well we'll we'll do that one uh, after this movie. But um, let's get into how much we would pay. So Erica, how much are you paying to watch this movie? I will pay five dollars. I thought about paying ten for it, but I wouldn't. Let's be real. Like it's on Netflix. I'm not gonna go out and buy it. So. Five dollars. I'm not gonna give it a zero because I like the movie. I think it's a good movie, but I'm also not gonna go above and beyond and give it like a ten, a fifteen, or twenty. Yeah. All right, TJ. What about you? Well, sorry, I am going above and beyond. I'm gonna give it ten. Oh. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think. Listen, we we talk about this a lot. Like, I think movies. The purpose of any film or any movie is to entertain you. I think that's what it does. Um, Is it great? No. Is the writing great? No. But there was a lot of effort. Uh, into the historical side of this film that I appreciated. And as I've already talked about, I really like when history is kind of mixed with the fantasy of the of Hollywood. So I, I think it's worth $10. All right. Um, I'm not paying anything to watch this movie. Oh, wow, are you serious? Nah, man. Not even a five? Doug, like, there are other movies I have seen 
that I have seen that are just like zeros completely. And I got to put this among those movies. You're like, putting Jesus. this in the category of the room. Well, the I mean, room's the room's the room, really good. The room I is, paid twenty for that. You room, gave a zero to the room. No, the room is a terrible fucking movie, but the experience makes you come back. We also gave Elf zero dollars. No, you Horrible. gave. No, I gave Elf zero. Not. No, and you Elf did. Elf did a lot of groundwork. You know, they did a lot of work as far as incorporating nostalgia, Christmas, and all that other stuff. But the movie itself, I'm not entertained by it. I don't find it entertaining at all. I agree and, with you on that. And yeah. it's the same thing with this movie for me. Like, I do appreciate all the work that went into it, but the end result, I'm not excited by it. Like, I'm telling you, like, those three days that I had to, like, watch it, like, the longest <laughs> the longest three months of my life. You were kind of a dick this whole week. I wonder if that's what it was. Did National Treasure put you in a bad mood? In a bad mood I think, bro? I think, I mean... As long as National Treasure is talked about, I might be in a bad mood. I don't know. But um, yeah, I'm not paying a goddamn thing to watch well, you, this You movie. will never watch this again. Not by choice. So if I have it on, are you leaving or are you just going to power through it? I'm just going to drink oh, something. you can't Drink fireball. I'm just going to drink something. Just drink something? Or I might yeah. leave. Like, I might leave. I've yeah. left when uh, Pocahontas is on. Have you you wow. haven't seen Book of Secrets, right? Never seen part two. Hopefully, part two is better. Hopefully. I like part two way better. I can I just say I don't part think two it is? A, is. A, he kidnaps the president. Like, yeah. Like, Kerwin just looked around, <laughs> shaking his head. Like, he kidnaps the president. He's like, well, yeah, okay, it can get worse. <laughs> what? Somebody else said they were going to kidnap the president, and he's like, I know how to stop no, them. He, I'll kidnap the president he, myself. No, no, he doesn't actually kidnap the president. Though. Didn't he ask him to no, go with him? No, he doesn't. He closed it. He goes, look it. All right, don't spoil, I, it. Don't spoil it for me. Don't okay, spoil it right, for okay. me. Right, we'll wait. Right. We'll make Kern watch it. Mugga, how much are you paying? I, 20. No, no, no. There's no way it's 20. There's no way. I, I was on the fence of like, 15 to 10 and I think that if you asked me seven eight years ago like if we have this whole system I would have given it 15 if you watch it again though there are some things you're like really I think I'm gonna go a high 10 if that makes any sense to you guys I'm gonna go 10 I think it's a movie that if it's on yes I'm watching it like TJ said it does what it does but for any person it's an entertaining movie and I really do agree like that Everyone can enjoy this, but there are some things where it's meant for just money, right? I mean, right, I, yeah. and I get it, you know, but I, I was close to giving it 15. I have to give honorable mention of like a $15, but I'm only going to do 10. Well, back in the day, I probably would have given it two yeah. years ago. <laughs> I, I Back in the day, yeah, you just watched it, yeah. So I'm, 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 I'm going to give it a, a, a 10, but it's, it's a high 10. It was almost a 15 for me. Okay. All right. Uh, Jay, what about you? After all the discussion and everything, I, I'm, I'm going to stick with a solid 10. I think it's a solid 10. I think it's it's a good movie. There's there's some cool parts. There's some great actors in it. Uh, but I there's no way I'm going higher than that. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I like the movie. It's enjoyable. But I, I just don't see it in any way, shape, or form earning a 15. So I'm going to give it a solid 10. All right, so that's a 35 divided by five, $7 rating is what we're giving this movie. I like this movie, like, but I, I under, yeah, zero though. Oh man, that's, that's, I feel like with you, if, if you go 20 or zero, like it's very, I don't know, it's something like, if you give a movie a 20, it's a big deal. Right. Also, if you give a movie a zero, you know, some of us that's are just deal, all yeah. over the board. It's like, I'm surprised you gave this a zero. I was expecting a five, personally. Yeah, I, I thought about giving it a five. I was ready to give it a zero while I was watching it all three times, like three days or whatever. And then like doing the research, I was like, oh, I could see myself giving this a five. But then I really had to think about it. It's just like, if if this movie is in a theater, right? Or if this movie's in the bin at Best Buy, and somebody said, hey, National Treasure, you want it? 
and I were to say yes, and they would say, well, how much would you pay to buy it or go see it? I wouldn't want to pay money to buy it. Like the whole, you know, the whole, wow. the whole way we rate is like, how much would you pay to see it, right? Yeah. I wouldn't pay a goddamn thing to watch this fucking movie again. Like, I, wow. I, like it's not that I hate this movie. It's just like, it's, it's boring. It's fucking flat. It's not interesting. I don't find the characters interesting. Just like the concept is great. It's a great concept. And I just feel like they just, like I appreciate all the history and all the research that went into it, but it's just like this movie does not entertain me in the slightest. Like when I tell you like those three days were long as fuck, like it was, I, I was like, I can't believe I'm spending my Friday night watching this fucking movie. I wish I stayed awake Tuesday to finish it. That's <laughs> literally that's literally how I felt. Like I can't believe I fell asleep because now I, now I spent three days watching this movie instead of one. Can you be more honest, Kerwin? Because I feel like you're holding <laughs> something back. Fuck this movie. What about if Tom Cruise was in it? Let's get to that. Tom Cruise is Nick Cage. No, he's Ian. No, I think he's, he's Ian. Ian. He could be either one. Ian. He could be Ian or Harvey Keitel. He, he could, could be, be Ian or Harvey Keitel is what I'm going oh, with. I, I agree. agree. I'm, I'm going with Nick Cage. Harvey's got to say Harvey. He's going to be the it's, star. Dude, I mean, Nick he could Cage. Be Nick, he could be Because Tom Cage Cruise is not... Not, Tom Cruise is not cheesy or cliche. Well, I don't want I don't want somebody who's cheesy and cliche. I think that's my problem that's with what this, this movie. movie is. Is. Yeah. No, I think that's one of my one of my issues too. Is like be cliche, but be something more. Yeah. You know, if you're gonna be cliche, but don't be cliche and flat the whole time. You know what I'm saying? I'm going Ian. I have to go Ian. I think I'm, I'm, I'm torn, going Ben, but I think I'm going Ian. Yeah, Ian. I'm going Ian too. Ian. I'm going Ian. I'm going in. Yeah. That little Wayne there song. You go. Yeah, I, got, yeah. I got what you did there. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. All right. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, we're out of here. So, yeah. Albuquerque. Thanks for listening to this episode of $20 Ticket. Follow us on Instagram at $20 Ticket and leave your ticket price about the movies we've reviewed. If you have any comments or suggestions, send them to $20Ticket at gmail.com. That's two zero, the numbers, $20Ticket at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to us via Apple Podcasts, and thank you for listening.